Hey guys, welcome to episode number nine of the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. And guess who's back? It's Eric. Eric is back this week after I gave him the week off of the Wrestling Team Memories Project and the show itself. Eric, you, you happy to be back? Oh yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah? Yeah. Did you miss hanging out with me? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, last week, guys, we had a uh, awesome interview, uh, a couple awesome interviews, actually, with KB from KBWrestlingReviews.com, and then my wife came on to talk about her WrestleMania memory experience, and that's what we got more of today. We have more WrestleMania memory stuff. Uh, Denny Williams is going to jump on the show in a little bit, and he actually got to attend WrestleMania 6 and WrestleMania 18, so we got a cool perspective of him. Two shows, 12 years apart, same venue, pretty cool, both. Well, so, Hogan, so I'm assuming he's from Canada? Yes, he's from the Toronto area, yeah. Got and. Uh, Hogan's not in the main event of both of those, but he should have been in the main event, I think they should say, of 6 and 18, right? He should have been in the main event of 18. Yeah. Uh, so before we get started, you can follow us on Twitter at PPW Podcast. Uh, find us on SoundCloud, Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. PPW Podcast at gmail.com if you want to email me. Got a couple emails, which is surprising. Oh, that's Normally, good. normally it's Twitter. <laughs> Last week, uh, we got a ton of downloads, um, well, a ton for us, so... Uh, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks, KB from KB Wrestling Reviews for coming on. Thanks, my wife, for coming on. And we have another theme of this show, and, and in addition to it being WrestleMania 6 and 18 interview, uh, I wanted to tease Eric a little bit, and it's going to be Hulk Hogan Day on the Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast and his impact at WrestleMania. You got nothing, Eric? You're just staring at you blankly. <laughs> I'm just staring at you blankly. Yeah, I'm not a huge Hogan fan, but... Uh... I don't know. It's just hard because I I think when I started watching him, I was around 13, 12, or 13, like really getting into it. And by that time, I was I was you're a teenager. Cool, you're too cool for anybody anyway at that point. Yeah, and I'm like, who's this little corny guy with his balding <laughs> head and red and yellow and hulking up and vitamins and all that kind of stuff? But, but when I was little, there was the uh, like the little wrestling cartoons. Yeah. I mean, he was everywhere, and I guess I liked mm -hmm. him when I was little because I had a little thumb wrestler and stuff like that. So I might have been a Hulkamaniac when I was a little kid. But yeah. when I came back to it a couple of years later, I just thought he was kind of corny. And he was kind of on his way out, too. Yeah, it's true. So uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. We each took different notes about Hogan's role at WrestleMania throughout the years. Uh, we're going to go a little bit out of order here because I want to tie the interview in. So first, I want to talk about WrestleMania six and Hogan versus the Warrior. When I was watching it live, I wanted Hogan to win. Uh, didn't really care. I liked the Warrior, too. So when it was good guy versus good guy... You know, I felt like I went either way, um, and and Bruce Bruce Pritchard's podcast that he has uh, this week, their show or last week, their show was about WrestleMania six. Might have been a few weeks ago. I'm kind of behind, and he talked about how it wasn't good business to do 
face versus face. But to me as a kid, like that's like my dream match. Like, oh, if the good guys face each other. And it's, yeah. you, it makes more sense that you want a clear good guy versus bad guy, which as we'll talk about today, throughout the years, Hogan had with the exception of WrestleMania six, And I think that's what made him such a big deal. Yeah. I... That was my first WrestleMania I watched. I didn't watch it live. I got into back into it probably around, I don't know, August, September of that year. So I rented it from a local video store. And just the buildup, like the to two guys, they were the two, I guess, would say unstoppable guys. And they're mm-hmm. facing each other. They're both just as strong. They're both, well, warriors faster. But they're both <laughs> just as popular. Hogan's got more stamina. Yeah. They're both just as popular. Like it's huge when they when they have to face each other. So I went back and watched a few of the buildups up to this, like yeah, on YouTube Royal and, and, and some videos I had. Yeah. So there was a primetime wrestling special. I don't know if you saw this one. And Gorilla Monsoon and Bobby Heenan were recording it on top of the CN Tower, which is the big building in Canada outside the Rogers Center, or at that time the Sky Dome. Mm-hmm. And they played a lot bunch of hype throughout it. Showed a bunch of video packages, interviews, and stuff like that. And throughout the show, they're just like hawking birch, like call the WrestleMania hotline and call like the pro- kitchen programs and all this yeah. stuff. So they still kind of do that now where like I have an on location WrestleMania hype thing, but normally it's the day of. Uh, I can like me now, I wouldn't really care if like Renee Young and Booker T were at in Orlando this year, like at like Disney World or something the day before. I wouldn't care. But if I you could, were a kid though, you yeah, would. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I could see that's why like it, they, I, I can see why they did that and why it's kind of cool if they would do it now for the younger generation of fans. Yeah. Um, so also in the build up to this, there was earthquake was involved. In yeah. I was going to say the earthquake played a good, uh, which is just know, motivator in both. Yeah. <laughs> so you could talk about that. Cause you obviously watched it too. You could talk about like how earthquake was involved with these two guys. Well, earthquake would attack. Uh, I think he, I don't remember who he attacked first, but it maybe it was Hogan and then warrior came out and made the save. Yeah. That's what it was. And then, uh, well, I think he tried to attack, warrior first so he came out hogan came out and yeah you know they kind of shoved each other back also complete side note and one of them earthquake was wearing like brown blue brown yeah <laughs> i'm like what the hell did he lose his trunks yeah i forgot how stupid he used to look but like it, but he was always in blue like why was he wearing brown yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway go ahead so they save each other but they didn't want each other's help they didn't want each other's help and i think hogan threw the biggest fit <laughs> like he was just i don't know he just seemed like a baby to me <laughs> Like, Warrior was like, come on, man. I was like, I'm here to help you. He's like, get off me. Get off me. Get away from me. Yeah, but they, your help. they had to build up a little bit of tension well, with of each other. Well, of course they did. You know, and, but at the time I'm watching this, I'm like, why don't you want his help? Why are you acting like a little bitch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and like you mentioned, the Royal Rumble is kind of where it started. The seeds were planted, and the crowd was like, oh, crap. We've talked about it before on the show. Like, oh, shit, it's on. we got yeah. the two biggest guys here. And then... Uh, we can kind of skip to the match itself. Like, there's the build-up. They, oh, they also had a contract signing. Did you watch the contract no. signing? So this was just a hilarious. At the time when I was watching it, I thought it was awesome. Looking back, I'm like, whoa, this is weird. Because Hogan, Hogan is in his gear. Warrior is in street clothes but has face paint. Uh-huh. And in the middle is Jack Tunney. And they're just, like, staring at each other, like, super intense, like, growling at each other. Big WWF logo behind them. There's the official contract signing. Mm-hmm. If this was meant to in today, they'd do it in the ring and there'd be someone will go through the table or something right. or the table would be flipped. This was just a straight signing and they were just like they didn't even break eye contact when they signed, so they're just like super hyped up. I remember watching that. I think it was on Superstars when they first did it. It might have been primetime wrestling, but they definitely showed it again on Superstars. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, this is crazy. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah. No, it it was awesome. The the Sky Dome is just insane. Like they both popped huge for both of them. Yeah. And I 
I wanted Warrior to win, but I didn't know how he could win. And then, because Hogan always won, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, yeah, that's true, because the Warrior had lost, like, to guys. Like, he yeah. lost to Rick Rude at WrestleMania the year before. Like, he had lost to guys before, so he wasn't, like, this unstoppable force like Hogan was. Yeah, and they're both baby faces, so I couldn't see either one of them really cheating or playing dirty, because I think he lost to Rude because Heenan got involved. Yeah, Heenan grabbed the Warrior's foot or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so I, I don't know. It was just, it was a match I was really interested in, because it was the two top guys, and... It was a great match. They were both, like I said, they were both just as strong. Um, Collar and Elbow tie up. They mm-hmm. tied that. You know, he throws him or he shoves him, really. Yeah. And um, when that's the strength. <laughs> well, the match itself, like you said, the crowd's into it from the beginning. And uh, when Danny comes on, he's going to kind of give his. He was a little younger, but he gives kind of his perspective of the crowd being split and who he was cheering for and things like that. So that would be kind of cool to listen to for someone that was yeah. actually there. Uh, because, like I said, we, when I was there, like, I wasn't there, but when I was watching, I'm like, all right, I, Hogan, I want Hogan to win because I love Hogan, but if Warrior wins, I'm cool with it. Um, so the match starts, and, like, the crowd, like, is into it from the bell. And the match itself is just a – I rewatched it today, actually. And the match itself is actually kind of sloppy. There's a couple sloppy things. But it's still, like, a well-told story yeah, throughout the, the match. Yeah, the storytelling was amazing. Like there's one part where Hogan like comes is out in the on the uh, on the no what's not the floor I don't know why I drew a blank there but on the floor and, bad, bad leg. yeah and he's like I blew my leg I blew it like and like the mic picks it up you're like oh man did that actually happen is his yeah. leg broken or whatever and then um, the announcer's like it can't end this way it can't end this way yeah Gorilla and <laughs> Gorilla and Jesse and yeah. and Jesse and Gorilla it was cool because Jesse's obviously the heel commentator but he was calling it down the middle as he could yeah. And the only thing I used to hate when they did this in every match, they did like the test of strength where they put their hands up. My friends and I used to call that mercy where you try to make each other like mercy, right. mercy. I hated that. Other than that, like you like the crisscrosses. Yeah. I, you know, I was even fine with, like, I thought it was kind of stupid when I, when I watched it back then, I'm like, why are they, you know, why, is, <laughs> why are they crisscrossing? And then one drops and one jumps mm-hmm. over. Cause I always saw it where you just went one way. Yeah. And, so what's also funny is I watched WrestleMania 18's match before that. I watched them back to back, and like Hogan is like so much better moving around in shape at six than 18. Like oh, yeah. I get it because it's so much further. I'm like, man, he's like a different person. Yeah. Like Hogan at 18, he can barely move. If you if you didn't have the reference of six like I did, he could barely move like walking around the ring. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, he had back surgery, hip surgery, knee surgery, all yeah. that kind of stuff, and. And he, I think he played it more dirty because he was NWO in 18 with the eye yeah. rakes and the low blows. And, that and kind he's of stuff. whipping with the belt. We'll get to that after the yeah. interview because um, Danny also talks about that in the interview with his, his experience at 18 um, and the crowd being 100% Hogan, <laughs> like 90-10 yeah. to rock. All right, guys, sorry about that. Um, having some audio issues I'm going to try to figure out, and hopefully I do. Um, anyway, we were just talking about like WrestleMania 6 in the match and how we didn't really care who won. Or actually, we both cared who won, but we were okay because they were both baby faces. And Eric couldn't figure out a way that um, Warrior would win without cheating, or he wasn't going to cheat because he was a good guy. Well, I didn't know how either one of them were going to win without cheating. Uh, more so Warrior because... Because Hogan, Hogan never always won. I never really seen him lost unless Hogan, it was a count out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. Like, what was the last time he lost cleanly? I don't know. I don't think he ever did. It was either counted out or DQ'd, but he never got pinned. Yeah, it was just a good storytelling match. Um, what did you think of the finish? I thought it was a cool finish. Um, I mean, Hogan misses the leg drop, and I think because of that, 
the leg drop to me just seemed really powerful. If you're going to knock out guys like Andre and yeah. King Kong Bundy and mm-hmm. just all the big guys like that with the leg drop, it's got to be the big leg drop. So <laughs> there was a Hogan was a talking interview some time ago where he was like, "Brother, if I knew to been in the business this long, I would have had the sleeper as a finisher because <laughs> his leg is dropping every night. I'm sure it's going to." Yeah, it's a lot of impact on the hip and the spine. And all yeah, that he has so. he has a new hip, I think, because of that. Yeah. So and he's a big guy. Yeah. So I mean, there's not a ton to say about the match. It's just a good storytelling match. Um, we're not going to spend a ton of time on it because I think it'll be cool to get the perspective of Danny, which we're going to go to the interview now. And he, like I mentioned before, was at WrestleMania six. Was at WrestleMania eighteen. So we're going to play the interview with him talking about both. And we're going to come back and then we're going to discuss WrestleMania eighteen. So. Uh, here is Danny talking about Danny Williams from Toronto, Canada, talking about his experience attending two events, same building, two huge matches, one guy involved. So here you go. All right, guys, now we are going to go to Toronto for our next installment in the WrestleMania Memories interviews. And we're going to go to Danny. Danny, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Steve? Doing good. Well, thank you for coming on. And I'm pretty excited for Danny to be on because he was at WrestleMania 6 and WrestleMania 18, uh, two pretty epic events in the history of WrestleMania, and the only two WrestleManias were ever outside of the U.S. Uh, so you mentioned, Danny, that WrestleMania 6 is probably a little hazy for you. Um, yeah. So I'd like to start see, with that first before we go to 18 because you probably have more details on that. So what? Do you, how old were you when you went there? Were you a Hogan fan? Were you a Warrior fan? Like the whole whatever you got. Yeah, I was six years old, so that would have been 1990, I guess, right? It was Hogan yep. Warrior. Yep. Um, and from, I remember, uh, I first got into watching wrestling. It must have been about maybe six months to a year prior. It was Saturday Night's Main Event on a, uh, must have been like a black and white, uh, black and white zenith mm-hmm. in like my parents' uh, basement or yep. something like been that. Been there, been there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like with like the horrible, like burnt orange carpet and wallpaper and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and I remember seeing, uh, it must have been Jake the Snake or somebody, and I think Brett actually was, because um, I'm actually literally wearing a Hitman shirt right now, funny enough, um, but it was the first time that I came across like tag team wrestling, and it just like, I just was blown away. I, I couldn't believe what, like, what I was watching, these huge characters, and I saw Hogan for the first time, and he wrestled very seldomly, I think, on main event. Like, he would come here and there, but it was a special time whenever the champ would kind of show up, right? Right. Um, and I know... Um, my dad uh, and my uh, my brother and, a, and I think a, a friend of my dad's uh, saw that um, WrestleMania six was coming to the Sky Dome, and I remember just I was a brand new fan. My brother had watched it; he's four years older than I am, and uh, we just bugged him like the Simpsons from like, "Can we go to uh, Mount Splashmore? Can we go to Mount Splashmore?" <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, go until I just like, fine, we're gonna go. Like he wanted to watch it secretly. He wanted to go at the same time. He just needed an excuse to tell my mom, I guess. Like the kids want to go. Yeah. So we ended up going down. Uh, we got, uh, it was absolutely packed. Like it was, we were up in like the nosebleeds kind of, but we can still see it. We're like kind of three quarters on the, uh, I guess the right field, uh, version of like where the entrance is. So they come in on your right side. Yeah. Uh, and they had all those wonderful, uh, like the rings, the, uh, um, the little mobile the rings. Carts, uh, the carts, yes. the carts, yeah, yes. Um, and I remember we grabbed a, uh, a foam hacksaw, hacksaw Jim Duggan two by four. Do you still have that? Uh, my brother has it actually in Chicago. Yes, he does. Awesome, uh, awesome. So it says, hold, like right down the side. That's and, fantastic. Yeah. Yep. And uh, we had Hitman glasses, the original ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rubber band broke on those, but that's the actual original ones are in a folder, I think, somewhere. Awesome. Yep. Uh, and I remember Brett was one of our favorites because he just 
Well, we knew he was Canadian, and I, I don't know what it was. Like, Brett was smart. Like, with the pink and the black, like, the, the Hart Foundation was uh, – just stood out. Like, and he was just so different from everybody else. Like, he was just such a – like, he's my favorite wrestler. He was so, just so damn crisp. Well, you mentioned he's – so is that, was that a big deal for you, being from Canada, having a Canadian wrestler that came up? Because me being from Chicago, everyone – you know, obviously CM Punk was the big Chicago Punk, guy, yeah. and and it was kind of like our guy. Did, you, did the same kind of reaction for Bret Hart and any other Canadian yeah. wrestlers? Especially as I got older, because uh, and not to get off too too big of a topic, mm-hmm. but like I was at that Nitro where Goldberg speared him, and mm-hmm. oh, uh, the, the Maple Leaf jersey, yeah, 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 and yeah, exactly. Hitman, like even before that, like the screw job and like everything. Like Bret was uh, like and still is like he's like a national hero here. It's crazy. Like everywhere awesome. he goes. It's still so apparent, but at the time, like when you're a kid, for some reason, like he just stuck out because the pink and the black. He was just—I never seen anyone wrestle like him before. Like when you're facing guys like the Barbarians and like, um, unless it was the Rockers or like these guys are just really soul in the ring. And uh, like he was that dynamite kid, kind of just like just everything looked real. Like you do that turnbuckle spot on his sternum. Yep. Like everything just looked so awesome. Like who is that guy? And my brother told me, oh, that's Bret Hart. Like he's actually from Calgary and whatever. Like, oh, he's Canadian. And so like immediately I'm like, oh, you get behind blind, just patriotism. You know what I mean? Right. But you're still like just an amazing wrestler. So we, uh, yeah, long story even longer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> finally got to see him live and i remember he just kind of blew my mind uh i think, think i have it up right here and would they face the uh the heart foundation uh, geez, heart foundation the, the bolsheviks yeah the squash exactly. match in like a 30 second squash match exactly yeah dude, yeah exactly. it broke our heart because we had the glasses and everything right and it was just so fast it was like oh that's it it's like yeah. okay well that I was guess. but at the same time to build really them up knew. for the titles they were getting the titles right after that so i think they were building yeah. them up for it and when you were a kid, you never really knew much about like work rate yeah. and about stuff like that. So it was just like, okay, it was fun. And, um, but, uh, I, the big thing was, um, uh, I guess was, was the main event because mm-hmm. like we had like got Rude versus Snuka and Bossman and DiBiase and whatever. Actually, DiBiase looked exactly like my dad, which was funny. Everyone thought that he was a million dollar man. He had the exact same hair and the beard and everything like that. Great. Uh, so that was always an early wrestling memory of mine. But I remember the main event. I was such a Hogan mark going into that. Okay. And uh, that match is going on. I'm telling you, there's only the only other sound that I've heard even rivals that is the next WrestleMania that we're going to talk about. But uh, that place was absolutely electric, and I hated the Warrior because he just. I, well, I, when you're a kid and you're it's 1990 and Hulk Hogan's there, like you're just brainwashed to believe like that's your hero. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, even though he's coming out to real American in Canada, but right, uh, right, and then didn't Duggan's chant a USA chant? I remember at that show too, or tried to. I think he, he tried to, and he just kind of maybe forgot where the hell he was, kind uh-huh. of thing. He, <laughs> he did his, he did his Mick Foley kind of uh, written uh, <laughs> where he was on his hand. I think for that <laughs> event, maybe yeah. him and the Sheik were uh, hitting too much uh, weed uh, on the ride over. But uh, <laughs> you know, but, but uh, I don't want to get off really quick. But it's a good point yeah. you bring up about the the American. I guess, USA wrestler. And I was just listening to a, an interview the other day, or maybe it was a YouTube video where these guys who went to WrestleMania 31 um, were from England. And they were like, you know, we didn't really get it. We didn't really care why we're supposed to care for John Cena against Rusev. We're like, we're not American. We're not Russian. Who should we be cheering for here? So that's an interesting point you brought up about, I guess the WWE doesn't necessarily always think of is well, the world Vince, is not America. <laughs> so yeah, Vince just seems to like, he's a very, uh, traditional, he's, a, he's got the weirdest sense of humor. Like he's like a five-year-old in a seven-year-old's body. Like it's, mm-hmm. uh, That's a he great just seems to think, 
<laughs> yeah, it, he just seems to think wherever uh, ever you're going to go, you're going to cheer for, you know, the uh, corn-fed kind of blue-eyed baby face, like from, you know, Massachusetts, if it's John Cena. But uh-huh. over in Canada, like, they had, we're their second biggest market. Like, you go to Montreal, you go to Toronto, like, sold out. Maple Leaf Gardens used to be a really big deal back in the day. Um, they used to run some of the biggest shows here, and Canada was bizarre world. Like we'd boo the heels, or boo the, the the faces and cheer the heels because majority of the time they book foreigners as bad guys. Yeah, and we got sick of getting people fed down our throats. So when that height of like you know ninety seven, ninety eight, when Brett and all that kind of stuff, they'd come to Montreal or they come to London or they uh, London Ontario and they'd come to like Alberta like uh, like Springs or what was it called the uh, the Stampede match it was like Austin and the Road Warriors yeah that was Calgary Stampede Canadian Stampede it was the in your house it's, show in in Calgary yeah yeah like it was just is a fever pitch like you didn't matter who you were if you were not a heart like you just no one cared it was crazy um, but back, uh, to yeah, anyway, so, back to the main back event back to the main Hogan event Hogan versus yeah, Warrior. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and you can edit this all out in post. No, no, no. We're going to play it all. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that main event, uh, when that ended, I remember specifically crying. I was six years old. When Hogan lost, I was bawling in my seats. I was, like, completely disappointed that Warrior won because Hogan just finally did the job for the first time in his life. And I didn't know about, you know, his politicking and the kind of guy he was. But as a fan, being six years old and buying into everything, like, when I was totally pure as a new wrestling fan, it was uh, it was, it was was pretty crazy. I, I never forgot that. Like, it was um, one of the most – it was the biggest uh, group of people I've ever seen in my life together in one place. Uh, at that time in my, my life. And it was also just, um, when you, that building, especially when the dome's closed, uh, has this crazy acoustics to it where, um, I'm not sure how it read, it read, it read pretty good in X8, um, but, um, I'm not sure how it reads, like, uh, on TV when you're watching it, but, like, uh, it just kind of circulates and the building shakes because, uh, it's just cement. It's like a, it's a baseball stadium, right? Um, yeah. And it's old school, uh, and it's just uh, it's it goes through your chest when that's going on. And uh, it was a very mixed crowd because Warrior was the kind of up and coming, you know, because uh, Hogan was kind of losing steam at that point too, especially with a lot of Canadian fans at the time. He was been around, he was hot dogging way too much at the time, and mm-hmm. uh, people were ready, I think, for a bit of a change. Not, uh, and it was not a, you though, you were you still wanted Hogan? <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I was only six, so it was a very different story. But yeah, there's is a very mixed group, but. Um, it was a bit of a ballsy move on their point, to, especially to give their uh, their trust in a warrior because the guy couldn't really work a match. Period. So it was uh, it was this Vince, I guess, obsession with like you know the the, the bodybuilder look and you know what I mean. Um, yeah, I do. But at the time, you still have to warrior. It wasn't like warrior wasn't the second most over guy in the company at the time. So you can see why he went with them. Uh, for sure, yeah, yeah. And you mentioned, so you were crying, and what's funny about that is, me and my <laughs> friends have a story about that where my friend Eric, uh, he was a huge Hogan fan, and he was watching it, and he cried, and I was telling him how I didn't, I wanted Hogan to win, but I was kind of okay with it. I When I was a fan younger, I kind of accepted whatever they gave me. Like, when Lex Luger was the pusher, I was like, okay, he's the new guy I'm supposed to like. like no, did I, you think that way, or like, did you... Did you buy into like? Did you did you think it of as like a, a company wide thing like this at that young of an age like this makes sense or did you just? I just thought this is how this is. I'm like okay, this is what we do now. The only time I remember questioning it was, again, this is off topic, but it's WrestleMania related. Was at WrestleMania eight when Hogan was supposedly going to retire after his match. Uh, right. The WWF on primetime wrestling had a special. It was called a, like a, a tribute to Hulkamania. 
And Vince McMahon had an interview with Hogan, and he asked him, he goes, is this going to be your last match? And Hogan kind of hummed and hoed and said, I don't know. They said, you know, it just might be or something like that. I'll let you know if a steroid trial, brother. (laughs) Yeah, that was exactly what it was. Um, And he came back and had his match or whatever, and I remember thinking after the show, I was like, okay, well, Hogan's gone. I'm sad. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. I like Bret Hart, too. He'll be my new guy. And I just kind of moved on with it. So that was when I kind of picked my own first guy. But other than that, whoever the WWF told me was the next guy, I just took them. Like Luger right. Is that, is that Hogan versus Sid, that one? Yes, WrestleMania 8. It was a, yeah, okay. People don't like it, but for me it holds a special place because I was seven or eight years old and it was a big deal for me at the time. Sure, yeah. Um, who else in your group was when Hogan, was everyone Hogan in your, in your group that went or was it kind of split? My brother, uh, was, a, he was four, he's four years older than I am. Uh, and he was a bit more savvy to the game. He was, must, he was 10 at the time. And I think he <laughs> was hilarious. sick of, savvy the game at 10. <laughs> savvy at 10. I know. Uh, well, he'd been watching forever too. Uh, back when it was WWWF, right? Yeah. Uh, and, um, but yeah, I think he liked, uh, Warrior because he was just a new guy. Like mm-hmm. it was just a new thing. It wasn't the established whatever. Uh, my dad, um, Oh, it still to this day still watches. We we watched all through the Attitude Era and, and WCW and even ECW for God's sakes. Yeah. Um. Uh. But yeah, he was just there to be entertained. His guy was Jake the Snake. Um. But um. Yeah, everyone was kind of rooting for Hogan except my brother, and he was making fun of me on the way home because I was crying. I was so upset that Hogan <laughs> lost. And you know what big brothers are? They're they're ruthless. Yeah. So uh, yeah, everyone was uh, yeah. I, I was definitely I, we're in a Hogan camp except for my brother who was like yeah the uh, the, the black sheep. Well, it's it's awesome that you got to witness such an awesome momentous moment, and you you got to see it to the eyes of yourself as a six year old. And when you've gone back and watched the match, which I'm sure you have, what do you think? I just of it I now? actually watched it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of it now? Um, I, I it's um it's more or less like the um the feeling around like in the area of like what that build up was like in that arena. The match itself isn't great, but they did the best what they could do mm-hmm. with the limited amount of athleticism going on the ring. Like say what you want about Hogan, uh, and I think Cena gets a lot of slack about this, even though he's been killing it with you know he's has great matches with AJ Styles and whatever like that. But they are amazing at getting uh, the crowd involved and telling a story, right? Like. Like Hogan, he's not going to be in Japan where he's doing like key uh, locks and like doing like wraparound drop toe holds and stuff like that. Like what he, he breaks at when he goes overseas, but he just they tell a very simple story. Uh, you don't need to tell too much, uh, and they uh, they basically they had us in. Like it was just you cared so much because the characters were so hot. Yeah, um, and the. Uh, and again, Canada, it was just clamoring to have something that big uh, in in that at that time where wrestling was just so huge that uh, it didn't matter what it was. Like if you go back and watch Hogan Andre, like it's not a crazy match, but mm-hmm. the storytelling is just so wonderful, and you're just rooting for this underdog. Uh, like that was wrestling to us. It wasn't about yeah. four splashes and you know and springboards and planches. It was just watching your hero overcome the odds. And for the first time in a while, it's kind of ballsy. That Vince just said, "Fuck it," like Hogan, or, or Warriors going over, and mm-hmm. it totally took a lot of people by surprise. And um, it was it was great storytelling. So you, it, it, like you yeah. were a hundred percent expecting Hogan to win because it blew up that he had never lost. There's no reason to think he would lose. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and I did and I thought at the time that Warrior was too new and I just couldn't see him as because mm-hmm. he was IC champ. Like I figured he would just sit squashed and then he might refute with perfect afterwards or something like yeah. that. You know, like I just uh I didn't see him being the guy because he couldn't talk really like his promos were very abstract and strange and mm-hmm. he was a bit scary. I couldn't see him being the face of the company and it was uh, like as a six year old, like when he's snarling and talking about like prophecies and like demons from a like whatever like he was like he like he did like a hit of ayahuasca and like hit the you know what I mean like yeah. a microphone like I just couldn't really think that that's a guy that you're gonna like you know base like rock and wrestling around of or like kind of headed to the new era but you know Vince uh, is Vince and they they did what they did and I think it's important that they did that like um you know yeah. even though. They try to repeat that in WCW in '98, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fun. That's fun in a different way. Now, before we move on to '18, I have one more question for you, which you sure. may or may not remember the answer to. So, yeah. you mentioned earlier they had the cards at WrestleMania six and yeah. about the guys coming down. And when I was watching the show live, I remember thinking, "Why aren't Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior coming down the carts?" Did you think that at all? Or you just didn't think you'd remember? No, I, I found it strange when they were coming in the carts. I thought it was kind of a cool pageantry thing, but uh-huh. I, you, like, I think I expected. Well, Warrior always does the run, and like the big run down the sprint to the ring, and he's gassed by the time he gets there, because uh, that was, was part of his entrance. Right, it was sprinting down, and with Hogan, they did that classic uh, pull-up shot where they always ran, run yeah. down the aisle, and then he comes out. And I just think from. Um, my mind, I I couldn't imagine. It just made sense. Like that's a main event entrance. That's not jobber entrance. Like yeah. you let those guys walk out, soak in the reaction, well, and it was so much better. If they did that, it, I think it might actually even killed it. I was a little disappointed because, like you oh, said, Warrior, Warrior always ran, and I thought this is going to be cool. It's the first time I'm never going to see him running to the ring. But then he ran. I, would, so I was a little disappointed. I would love to see him just running on the spot in the in the cart. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you saw the Warriors uh, documentary, but he talked about the the carts thing and and someone was telling him you're doing this he's like i'm running to the ring and then they tried to get vince so he just looked at vince and vince i'm running to the ring and then vince said all right or he's running to the ring and that was the end of it so that's a, it was that's warrior's a call. call though yep that's a it great was call. like i i think if they did the opposite they would look like jobbers mm-hmm. like honestly like that made them stand out from even though andre i think andre was on that show right uh yes he was in the, he was he was in the tag team match against demolition um, right and like, that was the lost the titles yeah, I'm thinking of like three, but like when they did the cards, but like even when Andre, it's understandable and it makes him look larger than life. But mm-hmm. when you have the main event going on, um, and you know their entrances where Hogan really plays up to the crowd, he's pointing towards the ring and everyone's trying to grab him. And, and also when Warrior just like books it, like if they didn't do that, I think it kills the character a bit. And I remember watching it live of Warrior just, you know, just jetting down mm-hmm. uh, and watching Hogan walking to the ring, uh, even though he's, you know, a, a good bit away, but you can see him still. And just that look of everyone trying to clamor on and he's walking that long. It's like watching Muhammad Ali walk to the ring. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's special. It's it is. yeah. Yeah. So let's move on to WrestleMania 18, sure. which you're going to have a lot more clear memories of. Yes. Uh, yes. So I'll kind of let you lead this one because you were there. <laughs> you, do you want to lead with the main event or the, I'm sorry, what should have been the main event with Hogan and rock or talk about anything else? A little bit of a bit before even the show even started. Okay, like, at that time, I love stories. Very... I love on location stories that were people that were there. Yeah, and you got to remember, like I'm in grade uh, grade eleven, going into grade twelve at yeah. this time. So wrestling's hot. Uh, WWF just bought WCW, so my like I was a huge WCW mark. Like I my I was like Scott Hall 
uh, Mark and NWO and, you know, Lucha like Jericho, Raven, like all the, I watched everything. I was always grew up at WWF, but like right when 96, 97 hit when we got Nitro in Canada and ECW, I can pick up on my little TV in my room. Like I was in full force and the internet was running wild. And I'd follow Nitro and Raw and the ratings, and I'd be, I'd be the early Redditor smart back in the 90s. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and then when everything got bought up and everything's like, oh, wow, like we're going to actually get this WCW invasion and all this kind of crap that you know, wasn't what it should have been. But um, building up to X8 was amazing. So you had like Rob Van Dam and Scott Hall, uh, Kevin Nash, Hogan, all this kind of stuff, building up to this amazing card, Booker T and – you know, uh, Ric Flair is now in the Fed, like where him and Vince are now, like, you know, we're, we're partners and all that kind right. of crap. Like, oh, my God. And they mentioned that, you know, WrestleMania is coming to the Skydub again. It was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, this is the best thing ever. So building up to that, we got to my friend Scott. Uh, we got tickets. His mom. Um, does a lot of uh, charity work through the uh, Sick Kids Foundation. Mm-hmm. So uh, she had a bunch of tickets that she was uh, auctioning off and everything for kids that wanted, that's their wish to go to WrestleMania. So we bought in to that as well with a bunch of kids that went with us. Uh, so we had a group of, about, oh man, it must have been about 15 people. So Scott was saying, my mom, you know, has these tickets that aren't taken yet. If you want to go to WrestleMania, I'm like, hell yeah, because tickets are super expensive. And they were, even for the box. Um, like, buy in because she, like, the event's, like, happening, like, next week. And you know what I mean? Like, let's just go. We'll go with the kids and everything like that. I'm like, that's so fucking cool. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So we paid our money. We got in there. We took a bunch of the kids that were with us. So smash cut to that. This is when you first get your licenses, and we're driving down to Toronto. Mm -hmm. So we're we're waiting in line to get into our special box seats that we think we're, you know, we thought we're going to get, like, some sort of treatment because we're just young punk kids. Right. And we're waiting, and this line snaked around the building. And I don't know if you've ever been to the Sky Dome, but it's a big place. Yeah. It's it's Um, a massive structure. I've seen it for sure. Yeah, it's one that at the time it was built was like the marvel of every other stadium. It's a little outdated now, but at the time, even in, even in 2002, it wasn't that really out of date yet. Um, no. It was still a pretty big deal, and I'm sure it was, was it a big deal the fact that it was going to the Sky Dome again in Toronto? Yeah, just because we're a bunch of you know we're we're ravenous for wrestling. I think they only held a Raw there in '99, mm-hmm. um, and other than that, wrestling hadn't been there since WrestleMania six. Okay. Uh, other than that, it would be in London, uh, like the Rico Coliseum or okay. whatever like that. Okay. Uh, but it hadn't been to the Dome since WrestleMania or since that Raw, but hasn't, WrestleMania hasn't come in a while. So the place just exploded. Like it was, I still have a, funny enough, I found, I have my newspaper still from the day after. I still have it right in front of me right now of cool. all the results. Yeah. It's got, I got the inlays. I got everything, uh, from it, but, uh, we were waiting in line. It snaked around like crazy because we had to go up over to the top because we had these boxes that were for, this uh, certain area. It was like in the 300 section uh, facing the, the uh, entrance. So we're waiting in line and um, this door opens up beside us. That's like this back door. And this little kid walks out. And my friend, uh, who's, you know, one of those guys that just like, he's like Kramer. He just doesn't know when to keep his mouth shut. He doesn't know when to stop uh-huh. talking. So this kid comes out. He must be about 10. And my friend goes, hey, he's just like, uh, how'd you get inside already? It's like, oh, my dad works for the event. And we're like, no kidding. He's like, uh, do you think we can go in with you? He's like, and he just didn't know what to say. He's like, I don't know. He's like, come on. So he's like, okay. And we just went out of line and we just went into this random, like, you know, doors don't have handles on the outside, uh-huh. but on the inside. Yeah. Like, so the big like, double so, doors. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he just he had it jimmied open with a piece of wood because he just went outside, I think, maybe to take a breather because his dad was working like pyro or security or some shit. Mm-hmm. So we just went back inside. So then we walked into the dome and it's all open. The whole arena is lit up and we just walked into like the 200 level and Jericho and, um, who did you face that night? Jericho and Triple H. Jericho and Triple H were, um, sitting in the front row. We can see them. Like we're like just right. So this is, the- this is before anyone's around in the arena. You guys are just exactly. walking in. This is about two hours before the show. Like they're doing lighting tests and whatever. And Jericho and Triple H are sitting in the front row. Uh-huh. I assume going over their match. Uh, and then all of a sudden we hear this big roar and then Taker comes out on his bike down the ramp and they're testing him to get around the ring. Right. Yeah. And we're like, holy shit. I can't believe that we're in here right now. Right. Uh-huh. So we're sitting there and this kid's like, okay guys, like, uh, I don't want to get in trouble. We got to go. My friend's like, yeah, 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 don't worry, man. We're fine. Like uh-huh. we'll make our way out. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden we just hear, Hey, what are you guys doing in here? And we turn around and it's big, uh, big John Gabarik, whatever his name is. He's, uh, he was on tough enough and he works for TNA now. Okay. Big John Gaborik, Gaborik, whatever you call his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, yeah, and he's just sitting around us. And Tough Enough just came out. Like Maven, I think, yeah. was on that event yep. too, right? So we knew exactly who he was. And we turned around. He's like, "Hey, he's like, you guys can't be in here right now. Get the fuck out of here." He's <laughs> like, "I'm gonna get in so much shit." And he's just like swearing at us. And we're just a bunch of like 16 year olds. We're like, yeah. "Oh my god, okay." So we just left and we got kicked out. We end up on the other side of this door, and then he starts chewing out this poor little kid. Like, "Where the fuck are you from?" He's like, "Where's your?" dad like da, 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 and then he just got whisked away and then we're just laughing our asses off right so, that's a great story that you got to see the undertaker yeah. testing and just being in, i can't imagine yeah. being in a, a a stadium like that that's completely empty, it's I mean, empty with, except yeah. for you know the production people and things like that that's just an that's a one-of-a-kind story so congratulations yeah and they're doing like lighting tests and all that kind of stuff so eventually we made ourselves or made our way in um, and throughout the show, like, honestly, like the, the card was stacked and, mm-hmm. um, the building was just electric. Like it went from Channing Hogan to Channing Brett, like everyone wanted Brett to show up. Like everyone's a Brett Hartmark. So oh, everyone's yeah. like, we want Brett, we want Brett, <laughs> like all this kind of shit. Uh, but, um, every, everyone was over, like everyone, like Rob Van Dam, like massive, massive pop. Oh, Mr. Perfect actually, when he was there, when he sh- and Lance Storm, mm-hmm. um, like they were together and, you know, we're huge, perfect marks over here, and obviously Lance is an amazing Canadian. Tess never got over. I don't know why he's Canadian, <laughs> but no one ever cared about Tess for some reason. Yeah, I'd say good. Uh, I don't know whether well, maybe it was the bad uh, a nickname that Trish Trash wanted his fans to be called. They wanted to be called Testicles. Maybe that uh, that hurt him. Initially. That sounds like a Vince Russo idea, right it, there. It does, but then maybe that hurt him and he never recovered. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Then obviously like we had, um, I guess Taker, Ric Flair was good. Like Flair, super over because you were just such nostalgia freaks. And yeah. Taker was in that weird time of the American badass crossover, and mm-hmm. people love to look back fawning on Taker's career. But I don't care. What people say during that time, Taker was just not that great. Like, yeah, he was just, just uh, basically period. basically played a, played a hillbilly with tattoos is what he played basically. Yeah, uh, and he couldn't really cut a. It was a weird like hick biker promo that he couldn't really get over and everyone's just like eh, okay like we got limp biscuit i guess as a theme song or was he kid rock at that point i can't no, remember he was limp biscuit because i believe limp biscuit yeah. performed at that wrestlemania you were at i believe they really? performed i think they did and that was uh and that was right when in the u.s when they were starting to get shit on people were turning on them so of course the yeah. WWE picks them up to perform uh but i'm pretty sure they performed his performed roland <laughs> 
Did they do that? Okay, I can't remember. I'm actually on Wikipedia. I can't remember if he was on there. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, actually, my favorite part was actually when Arn Anderson came in and gave Taker a spine buster. That was yeah. amazing. Have you seen, See, I don't know if you saw, someone posted on the Squared Circle on Reddit a gif of that recently. And it's just I, an I, incredible yeah. spine buster. I forgot how awesome it was. He is the best. I, I'm such an Arn Anderson, Mark. He is so great. So I'll tell a quick Arn Anderson story because we're talking about him. So um, this was a few years back. CM Punk and uh, Colt Cabana did like a charity comedy show thing in a little theater in Chicago held like maybe 150 people. And then Punk did a Q&A afterwards and someone's like, you got any good, good Arn Anderson stories? He's like, oh yeah, I got one. He's like, there was some guy that came in for a tryout and had a match and he's like, it sucked. And he came back to Arn Anderson. He's like, what, what can I do to improve myself? He's like, Arn Anderson leaned back in his chair, kind of said, well, you can fucking kill yourself and then just oh let the kid walk God. away. Damn. So that's cold as ice. That's a, that's a, that sounds like a, an Ole Anderson uh, yeah. as opposed to an Arn. And Damn. the whole place just erupted in laughter. I, I wish I could remember who he was talking about, but it was someone that never made it anyway. But either way, it was just a hilarious Arn story, which made me like him Oof. even more. Yeah, he, yeah, you know what? That that guy is, seems like an old soul. He seems like he's been 50 since he's been 20. It's crazy. Well, he's always been bald, so he's never really aged. Yeah, exactly. Now let's yeah. get let's get to the Hogan Rock patch because I've heard people sure, talk yeah. about Hogan specifically, you know, saying, you know, all week we were there and never you could tell everyone's nostalgia for Hogan. He's like, yep. I, I knew they were going to cheer me. Was that yeah, how it so, was in Toronto the week of WrestleMania? Absolutely. Uh, Hogan has always been over in Canada big time. Uh, and this again goes back to mania. Uh, and it was a bit nostalgic to get him back. And I know he's doing the kind of tweener NWO thing, but, um, that when I went to that nitro, uh, in 99 before that, uh, Hogan was the heel. And I think flair uh, was the face, but they were chanting for Hogan the entire time. So you knew the writing was on the wall that Hogan's going to be over. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, even then, like Canada just hadn't seen Hulk Hogan on a big stage, especially coming back to WWF. Like, it's just like he's coming home. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So when he came out, and I know I've heard on a bunch of interviews with him, whatever, like we kind of changed the trajectory of the character because he was so fucking over. Yeah. Um, and The Rock, um, we always, when, when if Hogan wasn't there and The Rock was facing anybody else, everyone loves The Rock in Toronto. But when you're going against Hogan or Brett or whoever, mm-hmm. like someone who's over there, you don't stand a goddamn chance, even mm-hmm. as hot as The Rock was in 2002. Like, it just didn't matter. So when they came out, uh, and Ho- especially when Hogan came out, and I, I they played the Voodoo Chell, whatever the yep. re- revisionist history of they did. the DVDs and the network, uh, yeah. have you believe, with the it's, horrible it's, covers they put on there? Well, on the network, they play the NWO dub, but I, I have the original DVD, and it's, the Voodoo Child's still on there. So I still okay, have the original great. song. It is Voodoo Child, yeah. Yeah, when he came out, um, it was... Okay, it was huge, it was a massive pop, and the place was going absolutely nuts. Like, absolutely crazy. When The Rock came out, it was a great pop, but about uh, 10% booze, kind of like the way that uh, maybe, I guess, Goldberg gets now or something like that, where it's just like, mm-hmm. you know, like, he's over, we know we're supposed to cheer him, but, but uh, you know, there's he was still white hot. Yeah. Now, building up to that square off when... You know, they're kind of doing the stare down. And they look right to left, that classic, um, the classic uh, picture that they have where they're kind of scaling whatever and Hogan's flexing, like that build up where they're just chanting Hogan. Yeah. That fucking building, I swear to God, was shaking. Like it was absolutely it. monumental. Like it was the loudest thing. It could have been on the Richter scale. Like it's the loudest thing I've ever been a part of. 
It was physically shaking the entire building, and it didn't matter if Hogan took a dump in the middle of the ring. It was over. Like, it, everyone was going ballistic yeah. for him. And that, Every, initial, that initial stare down, you can tell, like, like, okay, this is happening. And the camera picks it up, and Rock kind of mouths to Hogan, okay, turn turn it or something. So they both kind of do yeah. the pan of the crowd. And yep. they both, two top-of-the-line performers, knew exactly what to do from start to finish of that match. Yeah, and I, I wonder how much Hogan booked that match uh, in terms of I'm sure he had a lot to do with it according, uh, and, according to some interviews yeah. I've heard of from like from Hall and Nash and X-Pac and I think even Hogan and The Rock have talked about this where The Rock's dad was there when he said listen to Hogan during the match and then Hogan called the match it sounds like interesting yeah well that makes a lot of sense because the way that they did kind of uh, played out like the way that they booked it it was just it was so simplistic and you didn't need to do a damn thing because the building was going to like crumble because it was so the, the idea of these two meeting was so over like it, it mm-hmm. was crazy yeah yeah it was a crazy moment and when hogan almost won when he hulked up that's another moment yeah. where i'm sure yeah. the crowd went insane it was it was the absolute like again I've been to a lot of events in my life like baseball football uh, whatever like that uh, a bunch of wrestling shows whatever it may be yeah. that was the loudest thing that I've ever been a part of like the building shaking everyone was just marking out and Hogan kind of just like you could just tell like he was just he'd been sitting like you know last year he was on Thunder facing the wall. Or something like that at WCW, yep. like in a table match, and he was wrestling as like Terry and like a, you know what I mean? Like yep. he just realized, like you can tell the glint in his eye. He was in really good shape at that point too. He got his, he, mm-hmm. he looks like he really worked out for that match, uh, and you can just tell like his energy was revitalized. He was Hogan of old, and uh, it was just monumental. Like uh, we were sitting up there in our seats, and a bunch of I was with a, uh, actually my friends that I'm still friends with that I hung out with last night that we went together. Uh, it, we were just sitting there arm in arm. Completely marking out, screaming, just. Um, it's interesting you talked about how crazy. it was one of the. It's probably the loudest thing you've ever heard from sport, any other sporting event, from wrestling to yep. baseball or football or whatever, hockey, hockey, football, anything. Yeah, wherever you've been to, because uh, it's one. It's a fake sport, so you're going that nuts for it, which is hilarious. Because I had the same experience. My friends and I were in WrestleMania in Miami when Cena faced The Rock for the first time. The first time, yes. Yeah, and there's no reason at all. For, obviously, we knew why they did the rematch, but at the time, The Rock was booked for one match. Like, obviously, Cena's going to win. But right. when The Rock won, my friends and I lost it. We were talking. Yeah. We're like, we've seen World Series champions. We've seen Super Bowls here and, like, Stanley Cups. And that was we're, the most we've ever jumped ever for, for that. We put it right I, up there with everything else, and it was predetermined, but we bought in. Yeah. I know I have a bunch of my friends where we have like a, uh, we go out a lot with each other. Like we have a really tight group of, of guys uh-huh. and we all grew up watching wrestling and they're massive sports guys. Like they watch everything. They bet on stuff. Like they're so invested. Nothing gets these guys more excited than watching a good wrestling match. Like, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what it is about, like, look at the hip hop community, look at the sports community. Those guys rip off wrestling in Conor McGregor. Yeah. There's something about wrestling that transcends, um, celebrity. It transcends sports. It transcends no matter how much money you're making, whatever. If you watch LeBron James meet Hulk Hogan, he's a six year old child. He's yeah. like, holy shit, that's Hulk Hogan, not LeBron James, who's like the be- best basketball player of all time, who gets paid way more money than anybody. If he meets, you know, Hulk Hogan or like Triple H, he's like, holy shit, that's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's something about wrestling that is so fixated on our, um, 
our, our imagination. It's like it's like meeting Spider-Man in real life. Well, it's, it's, it's like, these larger-than-life characters. It's like know? when I tell people, like, you know, obviously, well, you still watch wrestling. And, well, obviously, everyone knows it's not real. That's not where you get in. No. But you, you buy in for that a period of time. You're like, okay, I'm here. I'm in now. I know what's going on, but I'm I'm in. I want yeah. this to, to make me feel. And, you know, you've got two specific WrestleManias that really did that for you. You know, WrestleMania yeah. 6 and WrestleMania 18, there's obviously yeah. a lot more WrestleManias, but these two specifically are just insane yeah. as far as the the emotional roller coaster you were probably on. Yeah. And um, unfortunately, uh, you know, Y2J and, and Triple H had to follow up. And I, I'm, I really condone them on that because the belt should always go on last, I find. Yeah. Uh, but the, the crowd was a little lackluster for that because we just basically witnessed the most epic match of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a little lackluster, but, uh, but the match itself was great. And I, I really respect them for putting the, you know, the championship over at the last thing. And Jericho being the hometown boy, even though he slags us off every time he comes here because he's always a heel. And he's also from, uh, he's he from comes, Winnipeg. <laughs> you idiot. Yeah. 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 Uh, but actually I got another uh, quick little anecdote. No, take about your time, that. Um, well, I want all of the stories. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think it must've been during the middle. Um, we had, uh, do you know, uh, Carl DeMarco, the, the president of WF Canada or okay. at the time he was in the wrestling with shadows documentary with Brett. Yeah. Uh, he's a guy with the big crazy glasses and uh, Linda McMahon. They came into our booth. We got to meet them and take pictures with Linda and Carl DeMarco. Awesome. And I actually got her autograph on the ticket. I got my uh, WrestleMania ticket with Linda's autograph on it and she was super nice. And she met all the kids that were there and us like, cause we were there representing, you know, our friend's uh, mom that, you know, kind of housed this entire thing. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, she stood around. She, like, answered questions and got to talk to all of them. And, of course, me being the filthy mark that I am, I talked to Carl DeMarco. But, like, oh, my God, like, you're best friends with Brett. And I watch <laughs> Wrestling with Shadows. And da, 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 da. he's looking at me. He's like, yeah, that's great, kid. Like, Jesus Christ, let's get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you talked to – you mentioned how it was tough for Triple H and Jericho to follow, obviously. Yes. Yes. And I had the similar experience when <clears throat> at WrestleMania 25 in Houston – when we saw Shawn Michaels Undertaker one, which mm. was in my opinion the greatest match of all time, you know I was there and and the reason I think that is because that was before everybody kicked out of the tombstone every time, that was right. the first time someone kicked out when he did the tongue and the eyes roll back thing, and X seven finishes all the fake the false finishes right? yeah exactly, and uh, for Triple H and Randy Orton to follow that in the main event like oh. that's not possible and I think they've done interviews too where Randy Orton was like we saw the card we were like. Ugh, Undertaker Sean's got to go on last, but um, now can, can you refresh my memory because I have a little yep. bit of a I, I stopped watching about at about 2002 or three, and mm-hmm. I started getting back into about when Punk came back okay. in again, uh, and then I started like for the last like I guess it's been four years I've been playing major catch up. No, uh, and I and I, I watch wrestling nonstop, and I, okay. I've watched that Sean, I've watched that WrestleMania. Was that the uh, Sean Taker dive with the cameraman? Yes, with Snooka's son. I yes. guess it was right, mm-hmm. and they botched that up. And we thought we oh, thought there that the match was over. We're like, oh, it's over. Like he's I don't not understand win. how he's how he how he lived after. I really don't understand Taker good, how he was alive after that. Good stretching, I guess. The guys are loose. I have no idea, but like um, Hal drove himself like right into the floor. And if you rewatch that match, I believe that's when they did the false finish where Undertaker was going to come lose or lose by count out. And right. we thought like, oh, this sucks. Like imagine? it has to happen. He has to lose by that. Yeah. And it's the most intense count out finish I've ever seen because at nine, he falls back down. And normally nines when they get back in, he barely got back in. But that right. whole match is just insane. Uh, Absolutely. No, it is. Something, yeah, sorry, I, like do, something I like doing. Um, with great matches, and I do I do this with the Hogan Rock match too. Is 
after watching the match a few times, watching the crowd, like picking a guy out in the crowd and like watching this guy freak out or that guy. And yeah. that match had a lot of it, um, especially the people down the first few rows where the camera was shot. My so, buddy John's down there, actually, funny enough. He's you can, can you left. Can you see him on the camera? Is he going nuts? <laughs> you can, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Were you guys... camera, yeah. So, so just the camera was just obviously in the lower bowl. You were a little yes. higher up. Was the whole was, way up was the whole stadium going insane, or is it just um, just down there? Was it everybody? No, it, it was absolutely every single person was standing. Like I'm telling you, like it was there was no one sitting down. Everyone was standing for the how long was that match go? About maybe twenty twenty five yeah. minutes. Yeah, just about. Yeah, like that entire thing was everyone standing and everyone just like stomping their feet every move like you know when he keeps on pushing rock back and rock does that oversell like he does the stunner mm-hmm. and then he kind of gives him that like he's a rock so great with his facials but you know what i mean like he just kind of gives him those glaring eyes like holy shit i can't believe that just happened and everyone is just buying into it and i'm telling you everybody from there were kids there that were you know six years old up until people that were in their 50s it didn't matter it, mm-hmm. everyone at that certain time was just witnessing it for the first time. Like, they're just believing in everything. It was like watching Superman versus Batman. It was pretty crazy. I just looked it up. It was a 16-minute match, 60 minutes, 23 okay. seconds. And I also realized that Jazz had to face Lita and Trish oh, Stratus the next match. Uh, so I, those poor ladies I, had to follow that. <laughs> we, we, was everyone, like, sitting down? Like, sorry, we can't stand up, girls. Even Trish with your Canadian flag pants. We can't help yeah. you out here. You gotta, you gotta remember too. Women's wrestling wasn't as over as it is now, and they were very no. different. Like that's when Trish was starting to like gain some momentum and kind of really work in her wing work, or her ring work at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was total piss break for everybody. Like, the, it, that, like in hindsight, that should have closed the show. Oh yeah, but um, but you want the title I, to close I, it. I get it. I get why you yeah, want the like title. Yeah, like as a product, you want the title to close it, kind of thing. But uh, yeah, after that Hogan Rock match and when those girls came out, uh, what a what a death sentence! Like it's, I, I haven't gone back and watched uh, that match, um, the one after it in a while. But I can, I'm sure you just watched it. I can't imagine what the reaction was like when those girls came out. Yeah, it's it's I, the only thing I remember is Trish walking out and taking like her jacket off and she had the Canadian flag on her ass, which I. With them, she which, tried to get over, yeah. Which helped, and she's actually from Toronto, so I could. She's yeah, sure. she's allowed to do that. It's not just yeah, like she lives about twenty five minutes actually from here. She's from Oakville. Okay, so yeah. you're 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 friends with her basically then. If you well, yeah, she's, she has a yoga studio actually. Yeah, about 25, 30 minutes away from here. Her and her husband. Yeah. When Hogan won, or I'm sorry, when Hogan yeah. lost, yeah. it seemed like the crowd booed for a second, but then they were like, "Okay, we're okay with the Rock winning." Um, yeah. Were you guys you know pissed? Was, or were you guys I, like, "Okay, cool, we get it. Rock's won." Well, me being a like again a filthy mark at that time, especially uh, being like you know, uh, you got to put Rock over. Like mm-hmm. yes, as nostalgic as it is to see Hogan there, whatever. It was a lot of mixed things. It was good to see Hogan do what's best for business, I think. Uh, and but the way that he lost, it's typical Hogan. He got more over at the end of it because he got the sympathy thing, right? And he was ribs and he shake hand in handshake. It was the fallen hero. It was a passing of the torch. Even though he still came back and like did the whole Mister America thing and still went on a couple years. At that time, it was just it was like watching John Wayne kind of like slump over on his horse into the sunset. You know what I mean? He just kind of um, it was just it was time and. He also was te- teasing the face turn because Hall and Nash came in, and then they kind of disbanded, I guess, the beginnings of the NWO, uh, even that version of it, which is terrible. But um, 
it was just uh, it was it was perfect storytelling. It was like Ric Flair when he when he lost to Michaels. Like mm-hmm. it was just like I'm sorry, I love you, and then gets nailed. And it didn't matter if you won or lost. It's just like you're an icon. It doesn't matter. Like Hogan didn't have to do anything. So um, with, with the Ric Flair Michaels story. So if you yeah. go, if you go back in the network, were you watch, on the, there as well? Uh, yeah, I was at. I've been to every WrestleMania from 23 to 32, skipping 30. Yeah. I, I skipped 31 though, and I don't. Okay. And this year's kind of up in the air, you know, with having a kid and everything. Some little yeah. fun's got to be put away. Uh, but sure. yep. at 24, uh, I'm a huge Shawn Michaels, my favorite wrestler ever, and yep. me and my friends just to be jackasses. We're the only ones in the entire stadium rooting for Michaels to beat Flair. Sure. And then after Michaels hits the super kick and pins him, the camera pans a little bit. I'm in the first row of the second deck, and I have a bright oh, no neon, neon green shirt. And you'll see you. the only green shirt jumping up in the air cheering. So yeah. it's a sea of black and me. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's just a dumb, like I said, dumb marked out moment with your friends. Uh, yeah. But another thing, like you said, emotional moment like you talked about earlier where not necessarily going to be the greatest technical match of all time, but it didn't have to be because people were in from the from bell to bell. People were in. That and match is so wonderful, too. It's just it is. It's a it's it's a story. And that's what people always want to see in wrestling is stories and storytelling. And, and they got it. It's uh, the one thing that I actually miss about uh, a lot of current stuff. Like, you know, um, a lot of the visuals like uh, remember. uh well, X7, when Vince is looking at Linda and he's like, you bitch. Yep. And when she's comatose that, or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and that huge pop where she stands up. And also yeah, the... Yeah, that's um, an insane pop. I rewatched that recently. Yeah. I forgot how nuts well, people her standing. Well, storytelling, right? Like, yep. it took so long to get there. Um, and also the one, you know when Vince is... Uh, who's he facing? Was it Hogan where he does that really big creep underneath mm-hmm. the, the apron when he's covered in blood? Yep, that was 19. He's got the pipe in his hand. That's just an all-time visual, yeah. which they won't really show and, anymore because of the blood, but it's yeah. an all-time and, and visual. They, and they get Sean saying, I'm sorry, I love you. But those things, we don't have that anymore. We're missing that the build. intimate kind of just... And, and for those guys to hit their cue so damn perfectly mm-hmm. of to know when to say that and to like make sure their visuals get on screen and those really like just intimate kind of... The camera, Kevin Dunn's finally catches something instead of Roman Reigns' face on AJ debuts. Right, but, which was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're missing a lot of that. And I found, like, with uh, X, X7, they got a lot – uh, sorry, X8. They got a lot of that with Hogan and Rock of, like, their 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 faces and, like, just looking around and Hogan hulking up and Rock's face. is like, just, what the fuck is going on? Like, I thought this old man was going to be a pushover. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he, he couldn't kind of, you know – beat the the legend there but um i still think yeah. yeah i still think you know i'm a little more optimistic with the current box as far as storytelling and things like that because for every you know blow away match or, or dumb booking there's still an awesome match every once in a while like cena sure. and styles have had an amazing rivalry amazing and i would love them to have i mean i know they've wrestled a ton i'd love them to face each other at wrestlemania again i don't think it's going to happen this year but i would love that to happen because it's a story and even with the bray wyatt orton thing if it oh. goes how they think it's going to go my friends and I were talking. We don't like it, but at least they're at least they stuck with it and are sticking. They can't with it. main event though. There's no. There's no. It makes no. They've been tag teaming in SmackDown for the last six months. Like, why would that ever be a main event? I don't know. I guess we'll see what they'll do. You know, every, well, can, are you gonna watch the pay per view tonight? Yes. Yes, I'll be yeah. watching tonight. Um, yeah. and I, I probably will watch it live. I usually do. Uh, yep. but it's, it's the network's awesome because this would not be a pay per view I would have paid for, but right. it's part of the network, so I'll watch it. Yeah. Um, but with WrestleMania this year, yes, yeah. um, there's been WrestleManias that on paper looked like crap, like 31, like, oh, this is going to be awful. And it was awesome. 
Um, that was Sting uh, Triple H, right? Yeah, that yeah. wasn't an amazing match, but it had all the bells and whistles and stuff. The NWO How was that? DX uh, watching out. that live. Yes, uh, that was the one out. I missed. I missed thirty. Oh, that's the one you missed. Oh, okay, yep. sorry. Yeah, that was the okay. one I missed. Um, I would say the only thing I've been to that compares to your Hogan atmosphere is WrestleMania yes. thirty when Daniel Bryan. Daniel won. Bryan. Yeah. Um, and not necessarily the main event, but when he beat Triple H, because yes. it was the first match and the first match everyone's the most amped up. And I think what hurt the main event a little bit was when Brian got taken out in the stretcher, everyone just assumed CM Punk was going to come help him. Um, no kidding. The, the, yeah, there was CM well, Punk. Punk was gone, though, at that time, right? He was, but it wasn't. Yeah. He, no one had said anything on either side right. yet, so that hurt right. a little bit. And plus, it always right. hurts when your guy when he comes out twice. It's a little more yeah. thing to hit yeah. him. But when he won, uh, because the way the match was booked and because how WWE had treated him throughout the year, you didn't put it past them to have Triple right. H either win or have them make it a four-way, which is what I thought they were going to do for the main event. Yeah. No, in the current shows, they're always, like, huge stadiums now. What's yep. the atmosphere like in uh, those, those like, those, what are they, like, it's always, yep. like, 60,000, like, fucking, whatever. So, it's, like, it's massive. So last year, I was in Dallas, which is the biggest one they've ever had. I think yep. they announced 101,000, but everyone's like, it was only 96. I'm like, look, it's still a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's pretty intense. Uh, I've sat on the 100 level. I've sat in the club level, and the actual event itself is like a huge party because people get mm -hmm. there in tailgate. There's wrestling shirts everywhere. Yeah. They take over a town. Um, yeah. Even when you're at the airport, it's just everywhere. And being yeah. in that big of a stadium, uh, you, you lose a little bit of the intimacy, but WrestleMania has to be at a big, big, huge event. It just has yeah. to be. Um, I've been to pay-per-views in Chicago at the Allstate Arena, I don't think people realize on TV how small that arena is. You could be in the very last row of the All-State yeah. Arena, and you're still going to be closer than you would be in the first row of a football stadium. Right. Um, but it's just it's an awesome atmosphere. It just is. Uh, now, what's, last year is probably the best. I've been to that a couple times. So my friend yeah. um, is in the military, and WWE does awesome. If you're in any active military, you get in for free to stuff. Um, oh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. Yep. So if you're active military, show your badge. You'll get in for free. Even a that's, WWE, that's pretty fucking cool of them to do that. Even w, the only WWE event they don't do it for is the actual show WrestleMania, but access, like my friend who's in the military, he lives in D, Washington, D.C., and whenever there's a show, he'll just walk up, and they have military comp tickets for every show. Um, so the access, to me, I'm not a big autograph collector. I like meeting people and saying hey to them and all that. Um, and I also hate lines, and that's pretty much what <laughs> access is, is lines. Now but, tell me about, the, even with the line stuff, wasn't there a big debacle on the, a lot of the, the, the getting into those arenas in the last couple of years? So, lines well, just, so last yeah. yeah, so last year WrestleMania was interesting because it was the first show I've been to where it specifically said you have to go in this gate to get to your seat because of how the stadium's designed. So people would be waiting in gate, in gate C, and they'd get all the way to the front. They say you got to go the complete other side of the stadium, oh, and it's just sorry. it's a security thing. What the NFL does um, with all their stadiums, security is pretty intense, um, yeah. which I get, and you have to do. Um, but back to the access thing, sorry, pe yeah, people get a little upset about lines there because there's an ADA line, a handicap line, and some people think they take advantage of it. I'm not going to judge anybody. I'm not, you know, you may have a cast on, but it may be because you had surgery. What do I know? Um, yeah. But what was cool with the axes is I met a few people. I met Hacksaw Jim Duggan, yep. ni nicest guy in the world. You mentioned your whole uh, two-by-four. Yeah. Oh, he seems to be. I heard him on the JR podcast not too long ago. He seems like a great guy. Took time to talk to everyone. He goes, hey, where are you from? I'm like, Chicago. He showed me his Hall of Fame ring. He's like, yeah, I've been to Chicago. He's telling me the places he's been, and super nice guy. Uh, they also have the, the fun uh, 
like Hall of Fame area where you could see memorabilia and stuff like that. So it's cool for a fan just to walk around if you want to go to. If you want to yep. collect autographs, it's a little tough just for timing and if you have to love lines. Um, I was going to say, what's usually like the way, if you're like, if they have people there, like your wait time is probably at least an hour or yeah, something. Yeah, at least. Right? Like, and then what they do too is they switch people out. So you could be in line for someone and they can switch them oh, out. Oh, damn. Unless yeah. you play for VIP. Um, yeah. When you were at WrestleMania at 18, you probably remember this more than yeah. six. Was it like an atmosphere, like I'm describing, like it was it was in the air that day, like there's people pulling up to the stadium, oh, yeah. t-shirts, it, it all was, that it stuff? Was all over our media, and especially like we also have like Off the Record, which is very famous out of yeah. Toronto, right? Michael Landsberg, yep. and he's always been a huge proponent in terms of interviewing wrestlers and in the thick of the screw job, and Vince has been on there, and Eric Bischoff, and all that kind of stuff. So that was also having a lot of interviews. I think uh, maybe I think it was Taker was on that week, mm-hmm. uh, and maybe Ric Flair. Uh, and so it was just all over our media, but, uh, at that time, especially, I think it's coming back now where it's becoming a lot more, like, I guess our generation is like really treating it like it's, it's cool to watch wrestling still because mm-hmm. for a couple of years there in the last like 10, it was, it just kind of like no one knew anybody anymore, but now like, you know, with, uh, I guess Daniel Bryan passed, like, yes is now over the NBA and like every, like everyone knows the yes chant now. Yeah. And you got, um, a lot of people are making it cool to watch wrestling again. But back then, like in 2000, from 97 to 2002, wrestling was just so hot. Like it was, yep. it was everywhere. Like it was cool. Like I wore my, my wrestling shirts to high school proudly. Like granted, I never had a girlfriend in high school, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like I, I didn't give a shit. Like it was just so invoked to there. So the, the feeling in the city, especially of WrestleMania coming back to Toronto was, uh, all over the newspapers again, which I said, I still have. And the media was covering it. And, um, it was, uh, yeah, it was electric, and me being that age was perfect. Uh, it was just, uh, it was something I don't think that can ever be repeated again. It's, yeah. yeah. Unless they come back to Toronto, which... Uh, yeah, I went to Survivor Series, actually, in November. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's... Watch Brock there. Uh, uh, and it had, you went it, there. It, so this is about yeah. WrestleMania, but we'll talk really quick about it. So were people sure. pissed, or were they happy about the squash? Um, people, it was mixed. I was happy as hell, uh, because that... The Survivor Series match, the Survivor, uh, Rock versus, uh, sorry, Raw versus SmackDown, yeah. was pretty long. It was almost an hour long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by that time, you're a bit exhausted. And to be honest with you, I, I grew up watching Goldberg and I like Lesnar, the character, whatever like that. I knew if these guys put on a 20 minute match, it's going to stink. Yeah. And I liked the storytelling aspect. Like he just got the best of them and he killed them. It's like, huh, I never saw that coming. And wrestling is supposed to do that sometimes. You didn't feel like you were cheated because you mentioned no. there was an hour match before that. So you didn't really, no. weren't really cheated out of a, a pay-per-view. No, I just watched AJ perform for the last hour. And I watched, you know, a bunch of, like, really solid matches. I got to see, like, the, the young guys do their thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldberg versus Lester was a novelty. It was about star power. And I went to the Raw after it, it, as well. But um, it was about star power. It was about seeing... These guys go, and no one wants to see a 20-minute Goldberg versus Lesnar match. Like, yeah. uh, And I, I just liked, for the first time in a very long time, that I went, holy shit, I never saw that coming. <laughs> like, they just squashed them. It's like, wow, that's all. I can't wait to see what they do now. Yeah. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but that's the way I felt. I mean, I'm we were like, just we were watching at home, my friends and I and my wife. We were just kind of just like, oh, well, that just happened. Yeah. Um, but then it makes sense afterwards. Like, oh, that's why that other match was an hour. Like, that makes sense now. Um, I went with a friend at the time, and I just looked at at her, and she's just like, "That's awesome." And she's like, "I'm not even mad about this." She's like, that's actually kind of cool. I'm like, "Okay, I'm glad you feel the same way because I'm actually glad like that was it. Like, it was just interesting. It was just different. I like 
what would you expect out of those guys? Besides, like, I thought you know what I mean. I yeah. thought Lesnar was going to win, but that was before yeah. everybody knew that he was going to have more matches. Uh, yeah, well, to, I guess we're going to do it this year. Yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, no, it's fine. It's like I'm totally fine going off on tangents. Going to do it all the time. Yeah. So back to the the atmosphere thing. The reason I asked you about it because. Last year, my wife went with me to WrestleMania for the first time, and she's not really a wrestling fan. She'll just kind of, you know, watch in the background if something's on. But it was in Texas this year. We have family in Texas. We went down there. And when we got to the airport in Chicago, there was people on our flight in wrestling gear going. And everyone's like, hey, WrestleMania, what's up? And and everywhere we were in town, hey, what's up, WrestleMania guys? Wrestling t-shirts and just talking. And then we were tailgating, and people were like, hey, you want some food? Have a beer. And she's just like, everybody is so nice. She's like, I it's never communal, knew. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. She's like, I, I never understood. She's like, this is so much fun. Everyone's just so nice to everybody. I'm like, I know, yeah. because you're not, you know, fighting teams against each other. And, and everybody knows it's nothing's really on the line. It's just what you, it's just something but, fun to do. So it's just a really cool community of, of fans coming together. And that's the best part about wrestling at the same time is, is that, um, like I've been to the States if my brother, like I said, lives there and we've gone to the watch like, um, a couple of football games. We went to, uh, the Bills versus the Patriots opening game a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And the difference is there, like being Canadian as well. Uh, and I was wearing, I didn't even think about it. I was wearing a, a, a zip up that said Canada roots on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my friend was wearing a Pats jersey and we're in Buffalo. Yeah. And you're down there. And the uh, amount of just like anger and like kind of like just um, really like it's a bit of a dangerous situation sometimes when you're in an it NFL is. game, especially in Buffalo, because Buffalo is a bit of a shithole, right? With so, alcohol involved too, right? Oh, these guys are tailgating for six hours and they'll drive home. It's crazy. Uh, and we got pelted with eggs. We got like into people that like, wanted to fight us because we're Canadian and that my friend had a Patriots jersey on. And the best thing about wrestling is, is that like if you're a fan and you're there, it doesn't matter if you're rocking a John Cena shirt or a DX shirt or mm-hmm. you know a Shinsuke Nakamura shirt. It doesn't matter if it's you know what I mean. It's just like you're part of the clan. It's always like you can like throw up like the like a Wolfpack too sweet and like you can hit a stranger with that and they'll reciprocate. You know, yeah. like it's just it's always positive I had that, vibes. I had that happen at Costco at the the club store the other day. <laughs> like I had a Finn Balor shirt on and someone threw nice. up the the, the Wolfpack. I'm like, oh, what's yeah. up, man? Yeah. First I was like, what's he, do- what's he doing? I'm like, oh, I have this on. That's why. So yeah. it's an interesting little community. It's a giant community of, of people that people can tease and make fun of, but we don't care. Yeah, <laughs> we don't exactly. care. Exactly. Exactly. I went to a show, uh, like a house show, a couple uh, years back, and uh, we we're all like, you know, we're the boys. Like we're kind of went out. We had a couple beers before, and like we're just like I'm wearing my Brett shirt actually that I'm wearing now and I think it was Dean Ambrose versus White like it was a bunch of like we're just it was a regular house show nothing crazy and we're all rowdy and raucous and like cheering for our guys and da 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 and one of the uh, the kids beside us like uh, we're getting a little bit of looks from some of the parents because half the people there they're, they're bringing their kids and the parents don't like wrestling they're on their phones the entire time but the kids are like marking out to see like they're like there's Dean Ambrose there's like Randy Orton whatever like that right and their parents are giving us like looks like why are these 30 year olds like <laughs> screaming at like you know what i mean like cheering for whatever and then the kid just like something's like oh my god he's like who's your favorite wrestler like mine's like uh whoever he said like dean ambrose he's like do you like bret hart i'm like yeah like there's my shirt and then i'm talking to this like seven-year-old kid about his favorite wrestlers and like i was telling him about like the shows that i've been to and what he wants to do next and then you see the parents face light up and it's like oh wow like i thought these guys were a bunch of like like jerks but mm-hmm. like kid is so like just in awe of like these uh these characters and like just we have this this mutual thing that we can share with one another and 
they're like, okay, they, I think they felt a bit more at ease. Like they can enjoy this now because they can, like everyone is so cool around one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, at WrestleMania, it's kind of amplified because there's people from all over the world. Yeah. Like I taught, there's a lot, a lot of people come from the UK and it's just so funny after WrestleMania 28, it, the parking situation was a disaster and there were no cabs and the line literally wrapped around the stadium to get into cabs. And I was talking to a guy and I'm like, Hey man, do you know where you're going? He's like, Oh, he's, Oh no. He's like, I'm not waiting in the queue over there. I'm just going to walk around. We ended up sharing a cab together just cause we were just trying to figure things out. I would never share a cab with a random person at a football game right. or a baseball game, but sure. I know like, okay, you're a wrestling thing. You're not, you dang- that you're, that you're not dangerous. Yeah, you're not dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until he turns heel on you and hits you with a chair. Or well, <laughs> he might, he might. So, uh, before we wrap up, do you got any sure. more random stories from either WrestleMania you've been to? Six or um, seven. I mean, we talked about a ton of stuff. So six or eighteen. Any yeah, real guess, standout moments or anything? Just eighteen was just one of those things. Um, uh, again, like breaking in before, get, uh, watching the the setup, getting in trouble, getting kicked out, uh, meeting Linda McMahon, and mm-hmm. basically watching that uh, great card. And obviously, uh, I watched the best stunner of all time on Scott Hall. Uh, true. That's true. <laughs> that's that's a match. That Austin. Austin hates yeah, that match, but it's it's not a bad match. I don't know why he hates it so much. I know. Well, he probably doesn't remember it because he was. He said he was like you know hitting the the booze pretty hard at that time. Yeah. Um. But um. Yeah, I love that. Well, I'm a huge Scott Hall uh, mark as well, so I just love seeing him again. But um. Yeah, just the uh, walking away at the hottest, almost the hottest time in wrestling besides the year before, uh, and with a bunch of my buddies mm-hmm. and that iconic match where everyone always brings up Rock versus Hogan and those two bring it up at the same time. It was really, really cool to like actually be there and yeah. experience it real time and feel it physically as opposed to watching it or I'm, just you know, hearing about it. You're in a pretty elusive uh, elite club as far as being for both of the two of the most epic matches in WWE, WWF history, being there live. I can't see it too many people have said that. So you're yeah. in a pretty you know elite club. Um, Very lucky to be born when I was born. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And being and being from and being from the Toronto area, you're able to go to two awesome shows in the same. And, and it'll never happen again where you'll have two most epic matches ever, also in the same building, being able to I attend know. live. I um, hope they do it again. I really do. Unless unless this year's WrestleMania has an amazing amazing match, like the Ooh. Cena. Or I'm sorry, the the Flair. Michael's one was because this is in the same building as it was at 24 in Orlando. It's the same place. So, or next oh, year's in, right. next year's in New Orleans too. So they, they have a couple yeah. chances, but it's going to be yeah. tough to, to back that up. Absolutely, um, yeah. We can only hope for like uh, good memories like that to come, right? Oh, for sure, for sure. So, you got anything you want a Twitter account or any other shows you're on you want to talk about before we close up? Here? Um, the only thing that I would like to do, if uh, I do a lot of uh, artwork, uh, I do a lot, like I'm an illustrator. That's what my, my thing is. I, I contribute to a lot of uh, different wrestling-centric podcasts. But if people do want to check out any artwork, it's just uh, Dan, D-A-N, illustration, dot carbonmade.com. So just carbonmade.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's it. It's uh, There's a bunch of my illustrations there. Um, there's a few wrestling things, but just a fun little drawings. That's kind of like what I do. Um, and that's about it. Nothing crazy. It's... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for yeah. coming on and thanks for sharing your stories. It's it's a unique perspective that I wouldn't have gotten from anybody else. You know, I could talk to someone like my friends that have we watched those shows on TV or on the DVDs or the tapes, but it's nothing like being there. And where else am I going to find out that you met Linda McMahon and got to see uh, Undertaker <laughs> do a test ride of his motorcycle? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, you know, it would be cool to talk to you in the future if you want to do it again on any different subject. But in the meantime, uh, best of luck with your podcast, and uh, I look forward to listening to it. All right. Thanks, Danny. I appreciate it. All right, Steve. Have a good one. Thanks. 
right. Thanks, Danny. Um, That's my uh, He's got Dolph Ziggler ringtone in the background there. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so we we had Danny tell his stories about being there live, which is he had a couple uh, awesome stories about sneaking into the Sky Dome early. Um, As you you guys heard, um, he's talked about his perspective being there. So let's switch to Hogan Rock at WrestleMania 18, and then we'll go back to other Hogan stuff throughout WrestleMania. So Hogan Rock at 18, this is his first WrestleMania back since WrestleMania 9. So nine years have passed. Did we watch this at Dooley's house? I think so. Okay. Maybe. I may have watched it at my friend's house. I don't remember. But either way. I remember there was one WrestleMania we watched at his house. I think that might have been 17. Okay. Um, but this one, WrestleMania 18. <clears throat> so were you watching live at the time? Were you just kind of casually just watching the big I events? recall watching it live. No, I mean the actual build-up. Because I watched the event live for sure, but I was uh, kind of probably, fa- I, mean, I was phasing out of watching week to week at that time. Yeah, probably not. I think that was kind of the time where I would just kind of tune in little by little, and then it just kind of faded out for a while for me. Mm-hmm. So this match, as Danny talked about, the, and as you can see on the DVD or the network, the crowd in this match is just like insane. And I love watching the reactions of people throughout it. The match itself isn't amazing without the sound on, but the but as you go, it's just nuts. Like everything Hogan does, like he, from the beginning, he pushes them down and flexes, and and I don't know if I buy them saying, "Oh, we called it in the ring." Like there's certain spots that you knew they planned, like Hogan flexing, the you, the Hulk up. Like they had to have been played. He didn't, he didn't call it in the ring. Like after the rock hit the rock bottom, he's like. I'm going to hook up, brother. Unless he did. I don't know. Tell the mind. Yeah, but, we don't know. <clears throat> but, I mean, what, any any overall thoughts on the match itself? I mean, the crowd. Well, I rewatched think? it, and I was, I don't remember what I was thinking. I thought, I was for The Rock in this one. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. Hogan was kind of past his NWO prime. WWE brought them back. And they were just kind of over at that point. They ruined NWO and WCW, and then you come back with the next three. And trying to do it all over again, it just didn't seem to work that well. Um, it was okay, and Hogan was a huge star, but I just remember The Rock being more popular. But watching it back, Rock got booed out of the building for everything that he did, and yeah. Hogan was just—everybody loved well, Hogan. So, at the, so I don't know if Toronto is a Hogan town. Oh yeah, <laughs> Canada is a big Hogan everything. Yeah. Kind of, Danny talked about it, and yeah. uh, even the next night on Raw, I think in Montreal, like the crowd was like going crazy, for yeah. him, like, even more crazy than the night before in Toronto. Uh, so. When the match was going on, I like thought, oh, I guess Hogan's going to win because the way they were presenting it. But The Rock won, and you mentioned they were booing The Rock. When The Rock won, there was no booing. People were okay with it. They're like, oh, they're yeah. like, oh but they kind of cheered him. And I think it's because The Rock's so charismatic, they wanted to have their nostalgia for the day or for the few hours and then get started right. again. And Rock made it seem, and he probably was, you know, a big Hulkamaniac, and he's trying to get Hogan, you know, come back in. You know, I'm a Hulkamaniac. These people came to see you do the flexing and the, the, I don't know what he does with the ear, you know, trying to hear the crowd. It's hard to explain it, but when you see it, you know what it is. Um, Just going back and forth and really, I don't know, Hogan just looked like, I don't know, just a feeble old man after he got yeah, beat yeah but it didn't matter like but then he got, he got he kind of pumped up he's like yeah people love me <laughs> yeah i mean hogan obviously didn't look amazing but it didn't matter because the, the storytelling in the match was great the match itself was like i said not technically amazing but it didn't matter because the crowd was into it and they had them from the from bell to bell they had them yeah i think it was the best match on that wrestlemania oh yeah yeah for sure and it sucks people have said that oh it should have been the main event and danny talked about that where 
you know, you got to give the title the main event, and Triple H was coming back, and it's like we couldn't. And you, how are you going to follow that? Like yeah. the crowd's like, okay, we just saw our favorite wrestler of all time come back, have an amazing match with The Rock, and now we got to get up for Triple H Jericho. Yeah, I think during the time also it was more of a realistic uh, promo, realistic era stuff like that. But I don't know the imagination kind of came back with with Hogan and NWO. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hogan, just the way he is, the way he hulks up, The Rock, and I don't know, just everybody, both of them are super charismatic and just made the match better than what it was. If it was the same match, same move for move, without the crowd, mm-hmm. with two other guys, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, you, it's, it's dumb. Yeah, you put it on mute, and it's not as great of a match. Yeah. Whereas, ironically, so I was watching the Warrior-Hogan match on mute, and it was still a good match. Because I was doing something, you know, on my computer for work, and uh-huh. I had it on on mute and was watching. I'm like, this is a good match still. Whereas the Rock Hogan, not so yeah, much. Yeah, it, it was a different story though. Yeah, it was. Uh, we can talk about now because you know the Hogan Warrior or, and the Hogan Rock match. There's not much to, to say that so, everyone else has already said about it before. So I want to kind of start from not necessarily maybe the beginning. What did you start? Where did you start watching? For this project I asked you to do for Hulk Hogan and WrestleMania, did you start watching it one and then keep going, or what? Well, you I like when when I first started getting into wrestling, it was right around the time after WrestleMania six. So WrestleMania six is the first one that I watched. Um, but just everything with Hogan, I mean, he was big from I don't know the first seven or eight WrestleManias, maybe the first eight, nine. I I I don't know what that was. More like a, a pity championship for Hogan. I don't know. It was terrible. I'll get, we'll get to that in but a second. But when I first started watching, I'm like, well, what's the tie-in with Hogan and WrestleMania? Because those two, I think, are synonymous for the first at least 10 years of his career in, back in WWF. So I'm looking into it, and it's just he comes back as a baby face. He beats the Iron Sheik. It's pro-America. They're in the Cold War and all this kind of stuff. So he's super American. Um, he's charming. Like, he's... You cannot. I mean, you you're not a Hogan fan, fine, but you can't deny how insanely charismatic. He no, is. that's what I'm trying to get to. Like okay. he was just super. I don't know. Just seemed like a really nice guy. He's gonna fight for you. He's gonna fight for America. He's gonna get fight rid for of the your bad right. guys. Yeah. Even the lyrics is like everything that Hogan is mm-hmm. and was. Feel strong and about like, right. So many wrong. people just loved him for that because mm-hmm. I don't think there was another star that was that charismatic that spoke to the people nope. as much as he did. No, there were definitely characters, but yeah. not as much as like you said, that spoke to the people like he did. He was the guy that people loved and, and, and he helped along with all the celebrities for WrestleMania to get WrestleMania launched. Did you see, I rewatched WrestleMania one a while ago and WrestleMania one and WrestleMania two, when I was a kid, I hated renting those tapes, but I, I, I would rent them like, oh, I guess I'll rent these. Yeah. And it's because the rest of the matches weren't great to me, and a lot of it has to do with the production, and it's kind of dark in both of those, whereas WrestleMania 3 starts, and it's bright and Yeah, huge. they start to get more of a, like a stage, mm-hmm. stage show. Yeah, and WrestleMania 1 and 2 didn't have that. So did you watch WrestleMania 1, the main event, or any of the build-up to it? Or no? I've watched them all yeah. um, in the past couple of weeks. Um, any thoughts on WrestleMania 1, the match? WrestleMania 1... Well, I mean, when you go into WrestleMania, you have Hulk Hogan as, as your big guy. But I think the other one that brought, made WrestleMania important was the women, like the Wendy Richter, uh, Mula, Cindy Lauper, because they did the rock and roll wrestling and they did the promotion on MTV. Yeah. So they did that, and then they had um, which Hogan was involved, and in, they did the War to Settle the Score on yeah. MTV. So that's how you know they got the promotion from that. Because back then, I mean, there may be like fifty channels if you had cable. 
Maybe. I don't remember because mm-hmm. I didn't have cable back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I begged my parents for a Disney Channel. But <laughs> for Disney Channel. <laughs> yeah, so we still had like eight channels. Um, but the promotion for that, and I think he did a um, Saturday Night yep. Live. Yep. He was on there. And then he was in Rocky. So all this kind of promotion and then to go into this big match. I don't think WrestleMania was even supposed to be so huge, but it was just a way to promotion. This is our first big show. Yeah. And, and and that's something I can appreciate now. But when I was younger, I didn't care about all that stuff. I just wanted to see good matches and cool characters yeah. and stuff like that. And WrestleMania one didn't necessarily provide that for me. And plus, at least like when I would go back to WrestleMania three, four, five, renting those tapes, most of those guys were on other tapes I watched. So I knew them. Yeah. WrestleMania one and two, I'm like, who the hell are these guys? Like the executioner. Like I don't know any of these people. Like why is special Bruce, delivery Jones? Yeah. Like why is <laughs> Brutus Beefcake not the barber? He was just Brutus Beefcake with yeah. Greg Valentine. I'm like, who are these people? Like I hated it. Yeah. Strike Force is the same way for me. Yeah. When I went back, I'm like, why is Tito with Martel? And where's <laughs> so there's all the different things how they kind of evolved into the cartoony kind yeah. of way. Yeah. But it was more like realistic you know, brawn brawlers Mm -hmm. back then. And Hogan kind of stood out, um, you know, apart from them because he had the bright yellow and the red and the American flag and and American made shirt. And his promos were just so intense and awesome and leading up to every WrestleMania. So I want to skip really quick because I want to talk about this before I forget. So WrestleMania 2, I mentioned I didn't like watching. I rewatched just the Hogan match. Actually, I rewatched two things. I rewatched the... uh, Battle Royal with the NFL players yeah. just to see how big of a That's pop. Kind of sloppy. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, like, the fridge got, like, the biggest pop ever. Really, it was in Chicago, and yeah. the fridge from the Bears, 85 Bears. Bears. Yeah, yeah, and this was in 86, so it's like, of course they're going to be, you know, huge. Um, but then I watched the Hogan-Bundy match, and I always just assumed this match was just garbage. And it's, it's not, not bad. No, it's not. And, like, the – so <clears throat> this gets back to something I, I – learn to accept as a wrestling fan so fans like you and me and people that probably listen to the show are like we want ring work we want like your aj styles or you know um who's the other like kevin owens that's wrong about like the workers right now but for the casual audience those larger than life big characters still sell like even like last week on raw there was braun Strowman versus the big show and like the crowd was into it it got a yeah. big, bigger rain than normal like okay like I can't accept, I don't want to accept it, but it's true. Like, I can see why they push the big, larger than life characters. And that's what I got out of the WrestleMania 2 match of Hogan and Bundy um, in the cage and all that. It, I, it didn't seem like a WrestleMania, before I started watching it, I'm like, this doesn't seem like a WrestleMania event. It seems like a Saturday Night's main event, main event. And he wasn't, I don't think Ho, like, uh, King Kong Bundy was that big of a threat to Hogan. Like, I didn't think Hogan was Well, gonna... they built him up a lot. Like, and they showed the hype of him they breaking did. his ribs and yeah. all that, too. And then before the match started, Mean Gene's interviewing Hogan as he's doing, like, deadlifts. And he's like, I've... and there's some doctor in quotes there. He's like, <laughs> I've advised him not to wrestle, but he will not listen to me. Was that the one with Elvira on commentary? Yeah. Yeah, so... Hogan has the, whatever, the, the bandage around his ribs. Yeah. It's slowly sliding down to where it's just around his waist. <laughs> so Bundy starts pulling it, and Hogan's rolling uh-huh. to help him get the bandage off. And Elvira's like, oh, my God, he's taking off his clothes. <laughs> and I forgot who says. He's like, no, that's a bandage. I was like, oh. Because <laughs> Jesse Ventura Jesse. could for could, <laughs> He's taking off more of his clothes. <laughs> no, no, poor Elvira. That's hilarious. Yeah. I, I I remember that now. But the match itself, there's either some blood in it. It's pretty brutal. Hogan wins. There's this has an iconic Hogan shot of him at the top of the cage, taking her shirt off. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, so it's just like it's just it's the crowd. It feels like a big 
larger-than-life event. And Hogan kind of continued that definitely into the next year with Hogan Andre. Well, I think the only reason that like those matches were so big was because he had a little bit of a build-up. <clears throat> Excuse me, and you didn't have a lot of big time matches on television. Like there was just no, maybe no. two pay per views at the no, time. There was one. I think WrestleMania three was that, and then the next pay per view after that, the first second pay per view was the Survivor Series in eighty seven. Up until then, so that was the big, that was, the yeah. biggest event. So one and two were both on closed circuit. Three, I believe, was on closed circuit and pay per view. Um, so yeah, and then that there's the whole story about how. Starcade was planning on having a pay-per-view, the same night as Survivor Series, but they were going to be during the day, and Survivor Series is at night. So Vince told the cap- McMahon told the cable providers, if you show Starcade, you will not get WrestleMania 4, which is a total empty threat because the people that end up showing Starcade still get WrestleMania 4 because it's money. Vince isn't going to turn yeah, it down. Right. Because the cable company's like, this is going to be great. We get, Surv- we get Starcade in the afternoon, Survivor Series at night, going to get all-day wrestling, pay-per-view money. Um and all that. So that's kind of a tangent about pay-per-view and WrestleMania and things like that and building it up. But Hogan was a part of building up WrestleMania as a big pay-per-view yeah. entity. Uh, we're going to kind of go down the line here. So WrestleMania 3. Well, can I, I just want to add. Yeah, go ahead. With, talk King, with, with King Kong Bundy, obviously I didn't watch it when I w- w- was a kid because I didn't get into it till later, until WrestleMania, WrestleMania 6, 7. But by that time when I was watching it in my teens, King Kong Bundy came back and he, I don't know, he just did he was just, I don't know, a bum. Like, a loser he was with the Million Dollar Man and the Million Dollar Man Corporation, or the Million Dollar Corporation, and just didn't seem to be that effective or that much of a threat to anything. So when I went to go rent the videotapes, you know, I saw Hulk Hogan versus King Kong Bundy. I'm like, this is going to be stupid. <laughs> but when I watched it, it wasn't bad. When you watched it when you were a kid, it wasn't bad, or, or now? I didn't watch it when I was a kid. <laughs> okay. Because you just assumed it'd be stupid? <laughs> yeah. Well, I... The thing is, I didn't really get into it until I was a teenager, so I don't know if that's being a kid, mm-hmm. but I didn't watch it when I was six okay. or seven. I did, so that's probably why. Yeah. Uh, so, WrestleMania 3, I rented a lot, and WrestleMania 3 was one of the f- first shows I watched, because I didn't rent, obviously, these in orders that came out, I just rented them later. Mm-hmm. So, WrestleMania 3 was a show where I'm like, oh, Hogan's on the cover, he's in the main event, he's in a match, I'll rent it. Because to me, when I used to rent the Coliseum video compilation tapes, if Hogan wasn't on the tape for some reason, I'm like, this tape sucks. Like, yeah. Why isn't Hogan on this? Because he was the poster child. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was the first one I rent, and I didn't really like. I didn't like the Hogan Andre match. And even now, it doesn't. It's not a great match. It's a lot of Andre bear hugging him and stuff. But it didn't matter. The crowd was all there to see that match. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, the build up, the hype, and everything around the match, I thought was great. It's just Andre was. I don't know, eight, ten years removed from when he was in his prime in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When he could move and, and drop and get up and that kind of stuff. But he just kinda of lumbered around and bear hugged and arm barred and it was it was it was slow and kinda of boring. Yeah, and and Jesse Ventura and Gorilla Monsoon are definitely hyping it up and you know, and there's the famous line. I think this probably wasn't the first time he used it, but it's the most time the ears is to full force meeting the immovable object which he used over and over again, but I yeah. remember that's kind of their, his like trademark for that scene. Um, I thought about that when I was watching six, because he said it again in six. Yeah. And it made me think about WrestleMania three. And this is just like a, this isn't, this match is more of like a highlight clip match. Like they can show, like there's this, there's the standard clips, this match, there's them walking up to each other, Hogan, like shaking, staring at Andre. Yeah. There's Hogan trying to summon the first time. Mm-hmm. And then the controversial three count or not. It wasn't a three count. There's, and then of course there's the slam. There's those three moments in the match that 
make it seem like in WWE lore that it's just this big epic event. And when you watch and it, those are the, the yeah, five best seconds of the match. <laughs> literally, like a minute is really good the match, but still, it, it's still a huge event, you know. Yeah. Um, well, that's with anything like now because you can get, let's say, Roman Reigns match, fan reaction stuff like that. Ten Roman Reigns matches. If you get one good segment out of that, they'll use that to feed. You yeah, know, but I think that's unfair because I think Roman Reigns is a really good wrestler. Like his matches are always good. I mean, as far as crowd shots of them being positive, whatever. I don't really care about that. Yeah, but I think like his matches. I was just using Roman Reigns as an example. It could be Kevin Owens. It could be Chris Jericho. But okay, they could have you know say forty minutes of action, and they'll get the best maybe minute 30 seconds of something like that to put into a promo or future packages when he was great or yeah but i mean the wrestlemania three packages they're still used today like it's just it's those are just iconic moments or images they use throughout wrestlemania and you know wrestlemania six had that with the warrior running down the aisle and and there's there's just so many iconic moments that wwe uses in their packages every year and it's Every year, it's going to be Hogan slamming Andre, or them staring at each other. Yeah, and you know Hogan. So you've got three years in a row. I mean, Hogan, one through eight, definitely one through seven, was the main event of WrestleMania every year, and he ended up being the main event in WrestleMania nine. Mm-hmm. Um, however, WrestleMania four, he wasn't wrestling in the main event, but he was involved with yeah. the Macho Man versus Ted DiBiase. I was kind of surprised when that match just ended in a DQ. Because I Hogan, Hogan was going to win the, Hogan, the tournament. So the tur- yeah, so you're skipping ahead. So in the tournament, if everyone's ever seen WrestleMania 4, they vacated the title because Hogan and Andre the Giant had a match on the main event. It was the most watched wrestling event on in history um, on TV. And Andre beat Hogan by cheating because the two, there was two referees, Earl Hebner and Dave Hebner, were twins, switched and did a fast count. Um, and then Andre handed the belt to Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase bought the title from Andre the Giant. I rewatched this. It's all on the network if you want to watch it, by the way. And after the match, Hogan's like, how much did they pay for the plastic surgery? Like, they implied that not they were twins, that Ted DiBiase paid another referee to get plastic surgery. <laughs> to look like... Yeah, yeah not just saying they're brothers, they're twins. Yeah. Um, so Jack Tunney, the controversy strips the title from everybody. There's a tournament at WrestleMania 4. Because of Hogan? <laughs> to, crown, to crown a new champion. Because yeah, Hogan had to open his mouth and be a... <laughs> no, it's because... Well, no, here's the deal. It's because Andre won the belt, whatever. Yeah. But they couldn't have a rematch because Andre sold the belt to Ted DiBiase. So uh-huh. that was why they had to have the tournament, to see who the actual champion was. I wonder if Hogan kept his mouth shut if he still would have been the champion. <laughs> what do you mean? the tournament never happened. What do you mean kept his mouth shut? Well, didn't he complain about everything, Hogan? And that's why they stripped uh, Million Dollar Man of the Maybe. Belt. Maybe. I, I don't remember. But anyway, WrestleMania 4 it was, good storytelling. <laughs> was one that, so I love telling old like video video renting stories because like, <laughs> it was just such a big part of my weekends every weekend. I think we went to the same place, Orland Video. Yeah, I did. So I went to Orland Video, yeah. and but at the time when we were growing up, there's a million video stores. There was a video um, place, so we would always go to Orland Video. Orland Video was the nice video store in our town. Uh, down the block, there's this place called Video Dimension. You ever go to Video Dimension? Uh, probably. It it's sounds the, really familiar. It's on the corner of 147th and Lagrange. People, are like, what are you talking about? And, and um, there's a sub, there's a subway there now. But anyway, Video Dimension 
was kind of like the dirty one. And those were the, Orland Video was the the classy place because they had the actual cassettes in the cases. So you bought the physical cassette up to rent it. Yeah. Dimension of the tags. You'd go there and they'd go back and get it. And one time we went there and my and like. My dad brought like three tags up. Like, yeah, we don't have this. We don't have this. He's like, we're never fucking coming here again. <laughs> why do you have the tags out? <laughs> so, um, another, I don't know why. I remember the tags. I don't know they why. Were different stores. Yeah, I don't know why, but we convinced my dad to go back there again. And I think it was because I wanted to see if they had different wrestling tapes in Orland Video. Uh-huh. And they had WrestleMania 4. And that was, I never saw WrestleMania 4. WrestleMania 4 is a double cassette because it's like a four hour show. Yeah. So it's a double cassette tape. So I rented that. I was like, it's like getting two tapes. This is the best. It's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> two for one. <laughs> and then I watched it. I'm like, wait, Hogan doesn't win. I don't like this. <laughs> I thought it was cool when, well, you get through the process of it and it ends up being DiBiase against Savage in the finals. Yeah. And then Hogan, you know, has to back up Savage uh, because Andre comes out to back up, or I think he's already out there to back up uh, Million Dollar Man. Yes. For DiBiase. So to even the odds. Yeah, Liz goes back and yeah, gets, gets Hogan. Yeah. So then, you know, they kind of finish their beating each other with chairs on the outside when Savage ends up winning. Yeah, so they say that they start the feud for next year's WrestleMania here with a subtle look, like Macho Man gives Hogan a look. But I think that look actually happens at Survivor Series. Like, because Hogan picks up Liz on his shoulder, and then Macho Man kind of gives him, like, a glare. And that's, like, because... Skipping ahead a little bit, Hogan and Macho Man form the Mega Powers, and they're a huge tag team throughout the year. And this eventually leads in the WrestleMania 5 main event, Hogan versus Savage for the title. The Mega Powers explode because the Macho Man said, Hulk, you got lust in your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> all this stuff, people should definitely watch. It's on the network, the Saturday Night Main Event stuff. It's all on the network. Check it out. I think uh, the body, or how do you call it? How, do you, how did your uncle or your dad's friend? Or your the dad? body. <laughs> yeah, the body called him uh, the luster instead of the Hulkster. He's <laughs> <laughs> the luster. On, what are you um, talking about? On the, uh, the WWE released a DVD, and that's actually on the network too, uh, the top 25 rivalries of all time. And they each, they have a current wrestler talk about the rivalry. And the Hogan Macho Man one is CM Punk talks about. It. He's like, you know, Macho Man's definitely not in the wrong here. No. He brings this not. guy in, he's a champ. This other guy's picking up his girl, trying to hit on her. Yeah. He's like, Macho Man's not in the wrong, but they made it seem like he was. There was a thread, I think a squared circle on Reddit that I was reading about uh Macho Man Randy Savage mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Hogan. And one guy, I forget what the title was, but something about, you know, Hogan's an asshole for, for picking on Savage's girl. And then there's all these people like, yeah, he did this and he said this and he was supposed to stay away and he didn't listen and he's an <laughs> asshole. I'm like, these are my people. <laughs> but you, either way, it led to a pretty good match, I thought. Yeah. Um, well, I think when you have a story like that, people are going to choose a side and they're going to get excited about it. Yeah. You know, you got all your Hulkamaniacs. Then but you Macho have... Man turned heel, so everybody was on Hogan's side. I... Okay. <laughs> Come on. Macho Man was nuts. What? He was nuts. Macho Man's nuts. He was nuts. Hogan had the luster. <laughs> the luster. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they have Hogan and Macho Man have their match, and Hogan wins. Uh, on another podcast, they're pretty popular. They're called The Lapsed Fan. And a couple years ago, they did a WrestleMania journey, but they reviewed every WrestleMania in, like, huge depth and detail, like they do every show. And they had Dave Meltzer on every week to talk about the WrestleManias. And his thought was WWE should have had Hogan win by DQ and then stretched out that program so they could have house show feuds throughout the summer, and then Hogan could take the title off of Savage at, at like, SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. I guess that makes sense business-wise, but from a fan, I've been like, 
why didn't Hogan win the belt like type of thing. So I could see why they did it. Um, but also back then, their business model was so much different. They weren't based on, you know, TV. Like the revenue was based on house show attendance. And that would have made sense, I guess, to have Hogan chasing Savage all summer. I think they made the right decision at WrestleMania. Yeah, definitely. They could, they, I mean, they could still continue the rivalry. Yeah, but it's. I think. I think the point was, people pay more to see a good guy chasing a bad guy than a bad guy chasing a good guy. Okay. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't really know what the right answer is there. But like you said, it's at WrestleMania, so he's kind of have to win. Um, right. You got anything else on five or four? Anything before we go on? Uh, no. It's cool. No. <laughs> uh, so seven we've talked about before. I can get into it too much. The slaughter Hogan stuff. This was just Hogan needing a villain and overcoming America and things like that. And this Hogan was still going strong here. Like he hadn't slowed down yet. Next year's when they kind of slowing down a little bit. There's many eight, but seven he's still all good. Yeah, I thought seven was a good uh, story as far as slaughter being the bad guy and stuff like that and yeah. being the transitional champion i didn't think he i didn't think he was going to lose the title he got it he didn't seem like a transitional champ to me at the time i just i knew he was going to lose yeah i, I just knew i didn't know because i mean it's january february march and then mm-hmm. okay you lose but to me yeah, those months just felt like years yeah because back then they didn't belt didn't bounce around no uh so then we got wrestlemania 8 uh which was supposed to be hogan flair we've talked about this in the show before um I don't know. I mean, his match with Sid was fine. But according, again, I go back to some stuff that the Wrestling Observer wrote about. The business of Hogan versus Sid was doing pretty good on house shows. So that's kind of why they pushed towards the main event there. I don't think Hogan versus Sid should have been the main event of WrestleMania, especially since there was a title change with Macho Man winning. Yeah. Um, but I'm okay, you're, I'm, I can, I'm okay with the monster Hogan match, the Hogan versus a monster match because that's worked every year for the past seven, eight years, so I could see why they did it. If it had a like a legit ending, it probably would have been better. Well, so Papa Shango screwed up, right? Like the, the finish was Hogan hit the leg drop and Papa Shango was supposed to run in and break the cover up, but he was yeah. late. So Sid had a kick out and there was like a DQ screw finish. Is that what it was? Yeah, it was, it was, I don't know, it was screwed up. But they brought the warrior back, so that was what it was all about. Yeah, that made it better. <laughs> So I want to skip to nine because WrestleMania nine, I was pretty much in my heyday of being obsessed with like, I have to watch everything wrestling. If WCW was on, I didn't even know who it was. I just had to watch. And this is Monday Night Raw debuted this year and Hogan came back because I think a week or two before Money Inc. destroyed Bruce Beefcake's face with yeah. a briefcase and Jimmy Hart turned baby face. <clears throat> and then... I think the story was Bruce gave an interview and was like, you know, I was in the hospital and there was one man. Where? And it was then. It was Hulk Hogan. It was people like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh, my God, he's coming back. Yay. Yeah. He's even Did you watch the, that interview on Monday Night Raw Live? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I rewatched it again. I didn't think the crowd was, like, super into Hogan. I mean, well, there were people that were well, into him. Well, when Hogan came back, no. But the week, a couple weeks prior is when Brutus said that. And then they kind of announced, like, oh, he's coming. Oh, okay. Hulk Hogan's going to be in the back in the world wrestling Because I watched Federation. the interview where they're doing with Beefcake, mm-hmm. and then Hogan comes out, and then mm-hmm. Jimmy Hart comes out. Yeah. And then they were the, what were they? The Mega... Maniacs. Mega Maniacs? No, no. maybe. Oh, I, I don't know. Whatever I think they it, were. No, I think it was the Mega Maniacs. Hold on, I, I got... Um, yeah. But then they wanted to, you know, get back... No, it's, a, it's the Mega Maniacs. I'm looking at the... Uh, I've got the 
picture of the WrestleMania 9 cover art on my wall up there because I've in my room I have a bunch of WrestleMania like, cover art like across the top and WrestleMania 9's up there. Um, it says the Money Inc. versus the Mega Maniacs. You're yeah, right. I am. And then that was just a whatever match, just a crappy tag match. But the real story is after the main event when Bret Hart loses. So well, I think the real story starts Monday Night Raw starts over and it's I don't know it's got more of an edgy feel to it it's got the sirens and I think they got some broadcaster to start it off that came from the Don Ima show who's controversial and yeah just to be more edgy and that kind of got away from the the feel good Hogan the good guy and the I don't know it's just the goody two shoe Hogan and when he came back I don't think he was as popular as he was four or five years before he was like he, the new, new, the new generation. Like, yeah, I mentioned they they were kind of slowing down WrestleMania eight with his yeah stuff, but we didn't probably realize at the time because we were kids. But that steroid trial was a big deal on his image across like public yeah. eye. But I didn't I didn't really notice. Yeah. I mean, we I'm, were in school. We didn't see the news or pay attention know. to stuff or read <laughs> newspapers. <laughs> so WrestleMania nine main event was Bret Hart versus Yoko, and Yoko wins. By cheating, Hogan comes down to avenge it, and for some reason, Mr. Fuji challenges Hogan to a match. Yeah, why would a champion challenge? I was so confused at the end of that, and I was pissed. <laughs> Did you watch it live? Yeah. You're pissed that Hogan won? Yeah. Aw. Because it, I was into, I was more into Brett, like the new guys that were coming up, and the guys yeah, that but, I was seeing every Brett, week. But Brett already lost, and Brett had given Hogan his permission, saying, go, go, go. He pushed Hogan towards the ring. Hogan didn't want to go. No, I understand all of that, but I didn't, I, I don't know. I just didn't like, I I didn't like him. Okay, so Hogan wins the belt. Yeah. And the plan was to have Hogan uh, as the champion throughout the summer, because I believe they were going on a tour of Europe, so they wanted him <laughs> to be like a champion throughout Europe. And according to Bret Hart, the plan was for Hogan to put Bret Hart over eventually down the line. Hogan didn't want to do that. A lot of back and forth, he said, she said stuff. I guess he said, he said stuff, not she said, because <laughs> Vince was involved. And um, There's always two sides of the story. I'm more inclined to believe Bret, where it makes sense that Hogan's going to put him over on the way out because it's what you did back then. Like Older guys put over the younger guys, mm-hmm. but it never happened. Um, never really got that Hogan... Bret Hart match until WCW, then it already didn't really matter much. But this was Hogan's last WrestleMania up until 18. Right. So uh, I know you sh- you're kind of shitting on Hogan winning there at the end, and I can see why, but you got to realize the, the crowd went crazy when he won. Maybe they're super happy. You weren't, though. I, no, I wasn't happy. I remember I was at my friend Dan's house, and he had a black box, and maybe five or six of us were watching it. And I wasn't the only one that was mad. There might have been two or three other guys that were mad, All too. Right. I get why you're mad that Brett lost. I was pissed. No, we Brett were mad lost. that Hogan came in. It's like, what is he doing? Because I think we kind of got the idea that Hogan was, I don't know, in business for himself because he always won a title. So he always had to be in the main title picture. So when he comes down, it's like, oh, he's going to go for this title. And then, you know, he went for the title, got the approval from Brett, like you said. But I don't know. It was just, I'm trying to be positive here. <laughs> I just, okay, I just didn't like it. All right, so I, we don't really need to talk about too much the, yeah. for the stuff he did later on. Like he had the match with Vince at 19, which was just a sloppy brawl. Yeah, I didn't uh, even watch that one. Yeah, me neither. Um, then he had a run in at 21 where he beat up Ty- like some or Middle Eastern guy. I don't remember his name. And uh, 
Then he was at what was the next WrestleMania he appeared at? Was it thirty after twenty one? I probably yeah. So he appeared at thirty as the host. Had the awesome segment with him, Austin and The Rock. Called it the Silver Dome, brother. Yeah. Um, and oh yeah, he, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. He appeared at thirty one. So he's been at so he's nine and then. So 9, 10 is 18, 18, 19, so 11. It's like what? I'm losing count here. you got to talk. Maybe four? <laughs> yeah, sure. Four WrestleManias? Yeah, after that. So that's 14 WrestleManias. Well, when I'm trying to count, I'd like to like it to be quiet. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, so he's at a bunch of WrestleManias and was the main event of the first nine. I guess technically the first eight, but he stole the main event WrestleMania nine. Yeah. What's like one big theme you've seen uh, with Hogan in his matches at WrestleMania? Is there one? Um, I mean, it's he's got the his song. I mean, people pop to his song. He does. <laughs> I mean, it's all the signature stuff he does. To me, like the hulking up and and being impervious to pain. Yeah, to me, the, there's a couple signature things. One is every match feels like a huge deal, uh-huh. no matter what. In even the WrestleMania 9 match, to me, I just assumed Hogan was going to win the tag belts now. I'm like, oh, cool, he'll win the tag belts. He's never done that before. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, and the other big thing was, no matter who he faced, it they did a good job, I guess with the exception of maybe WrestleMania 6, they did a good job of how is Hogan going to overcome this guy type of thing. Okay. Um, maybe WrestleMania 1, 2, because it was a tag. WrestleMania 2, it's like he broke his ribs. WrestleMania 3, oh, it's Andre. I didn't put all that together. Yeah. Like WrestleMania, right. WrestleMania 5, um, Liz, I think, is going to be in Macho's corner. And, you know, this is his former best friend. 7, they, they beat the crap out of him. And how is he going to beat the, this this guy? And 8, Sid Justice is just destroying everyone. Sid, Sid Justice at the time every weekend, superstars just squashing guys, power yeah. bombs and power bombs. And I remember him from WCW. He was uh, Sid Vicious. The, yeah, Sid Vicious, ruler of the world, power bomb, all that. He, he destroyed people over there. So when he came in, yeah, you're right. Hogan, mm-hmm. Sid so uh, there, Justice. Yeah, so that was kind of a big theme for it. And because of that, you know, I think that's why kids gravitated towards so much because it was a story of how is this guy going? How is a guy who's already larger than life mm-hmm. going to overcome such big odds? Uh, it, it, he, I'm struggling to say this because I would say he's the biggest star in WrestleMania history, but it's been so long. You could possibly give that title to somebody else. You might be able to give it to Austin, but his run was so short. You know, could maybe The Rock, but again, not as long a run. Michaels, Shawn Michaels, everyone says is Mr. WrestleMania, and I agree. He's got, he's had the best matches, and, mm-hmm. you know, best actual wrestling matches. But as far as drawing power, all that stuff, you know, Cena is a pretty big draw for that. Yeah, um, so, but I think all the the stars now, and even ten, fifteen years ago, they all like me. I don't have to like Hogan, but I respect him. Without Hulk Hogan, there is no WrestleMania. Without WrestleMania, there is no Hulk Hogan. So those two do go hand in hand the first five, six, seven years mm-hmm. of making him as big of a star as he is and making WrestleMania as popular as it is Yeah, and how it started off. Cause then they kept getting better and better each year. So eight was better than, I mean, I'm not saying everything, but just like the production value, the advertising, the, the venues, how they upgraded the venues from the small, you know, the small little shows all the yep. way up to the big domes and the stadiums and mm-hmm. just everything gets progressively better. Yeah, Hogan, you know, was the first guy to have the WrestleMania card 
built around him where the big giant arena or stadium, the, you know, the Silverdome brother, at WrestleMania 3 was sold out because of Hogan and Andre. Yeah. You know, the other, the undercard I'm sure helped, but that was the main draw was Hogan and Andre for those people. Um, and the build up to that too. So if anybody ever gets a chance with the build up to WrestleMania 3, I have a bootleg DVD copy of it, but you could find VHSs of it, and I'm sure it might even be on YouTube. So Coliseum used to release called Hulkamania, Hulkamania 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Hulkamania 3 is literally just the Hogan-Andre angle. Like, that's all it is. So definitely check. It's You could see the whole story from top to bottom. It's pretty cool to check out if you're yeah. looking for something to do. Like, I'm sure it's on YouTube or, or Daily Motion or something. Yeah. There were things I was trying to look at when we talked about the topic of today's show. And I wanted to go outside the matches. I wanted to find interviews. I wanted to find, um, I don't know, just some Hulk Hogan biography, some Hulk Hogan... I don't know, just anything leading up with Hulk Hogan and WWF. Yeah. I mean, there were some things out there, but then I, I couldn't find them to watch them. I, I saw that there were DVDs available, but I didn't want to you know, pay $12 to, just for the show. <laughs> I got them. I, I probably have yeah. them, so you should ask me. So there were, I mean, there were things that I watched. I watched, what was it, like the true Hollywood story of Hogan. And oh, yeah. right when they started going into the Hogan that was best, I stopped watching it because I don't care about that. Uh-huh. I just wanted to get the history of you know how he started, where he came back, when he went to Rocky, when yeah. he came back to with Vince Jr., and... You know, then, I don't know, all that kind of stuff. The early bio, yeah. behind-the-scenes type of stuff. Yeah. Um, so that that was more interesting, too. Okay. Because then it was more than just the matches and the, and the promos of the matches. Mm-hmm. I got a feel for how he really felt about it and what he wanted to do. Yeah, and what the build-up for those matches were and all that stuff, yeah. too. So I'm going to end there because you said something positive about Hogan. Yeah. So I don't want to keep going. Did you ruin that? <laughs> No, <laughs> just don't ask me about WrestleMania 9. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll do a whole WrestleMania 9 show because it's a pretty bad right, show. So I'm maybe be sick that day. Okay, I'll get a special guest again. Uh, thanks for coming back, Eric. We'll oh, back, no problem. Back Glad again to be next back. week. So next week's a historic show. It's our 10th show next week. Oh, 10. man. So we'll do the, I think what we'll do is we kind of talked about this. We'll do the top 10 WrestleMania main events ever. Not matches, because that's going to take forever, but actual closes the show main events. We'll come up with our list. We will argue about it. Then we'll come up with a definitive top 10 of us, our decision, best top 10 WrestleMania main events ever for next week. And Hogan Warriors in mind. Okay. He's four or five. Okay. Well, see, there you go. I have one down. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you so much to Danny Williams for coming on and talking about his WrestleMania experience at 6 and 18 it was kind of a longer interview and this is a longer show so it's a longer show this week but hey i think it was entertaining and fun uh next week we're gonna do the top 10 wrestlemania main events of all time you can follow us on twitter at ppw podcast find us on soundcloud uh positively pro wrestling podcast also on itunes whatever other podcast app you have you could find us because it feeds from soundcloud Choose a note to podcast at gmail.com. And that's all I have for this week. Eric, thanks for making the trek over and recording this week's show. You're very welcome. It was a pleasure. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week.